Hey folks, I'm Craig Lipinski. I'm Seth Castellum. I'm Chris Dunn. And this is episode 115 of the TV and Less video game podcast available at tvandless.net. I had to make sure when I hit record that time, I gave it a moment because like, even though we've done this a hundred, we did it 114 times like last time, I still like managed to fuck up the introduction. So for those who listened to it last episode, it was like, Greg Lipinski. <laughs> you could have re-recorded it, but nah. Nah. Yeah, because it was, yeah, it was my fuck up. So I mean, I could have, re- that's too much effort. Fuck that. <laughs> Whatevs. All right, so um, we infrequently have guests, and this episode we have Andreas Rothbauer. How are you doing, Andreas? I'm good, and uh, great pronunciation. You're one of the few people in the world that can pronounce that properly. How, how, how long have I known you? Uh, many, many, many years. Exactly. So I, I, don't, I don't know how many years it actually is. It's, it's <laughs> how do most people pronounce it? I have to know. Uh, Andrea Roth, Rothman. Or <laughs> that's not even close. <laughs> it's not even the name. It's not even the name. You, I can't you, even. You really, like, you really get Andrea. Andrea all the time. They leave all off the, the last S for savings, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. They. Right I just have an S in there because you know that's S's are good. I guess it's it's silent. It's like French. Everything's silent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also in email, in work email, all the time, I'll be I'll be addressed as Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel so like. Masculine. I feel like wow. I don't, I'm just gonna go home now. That that's it. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. So uh, for those listening, uh, Andreas is my Pax East partner. We go we go to Pax East together every year, but this, every year but this year. Yeah, this year we're, we're going to blame it on uh, on the staff of the Pax, the, the enforcers, because they're idiots. <laughs> They, the they wouldn't let us in. That's, that's so mean. <laughs> they were killed, dude. I was just kidding. That's okay. So tell us, little, nope. tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I moved – I'm going to go all the way back. Let's uh, do it. I actually, I actually moved to, to the States from Germany about 12 years ago. How, now, how old were you? I was – just turned 17. Now, did you come here as like an exchange student or something first? No, I, I straight from, straight off the boat. Uh, there was my dad said, "Hey, you want to go to America? Yeah, let's do it." And then we went on the boat. I see, I see. Okay. And that's how easy immigration is. Because <laughs> my girlfriend, did you did you know in high school? Did you know? Um, I'm not going to use her last name. It's not fair. Uh, a a red headed a red headed Katie. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, she do that. Well, that was my girlfriend for like two years. She had the hots for you, dude. She wouldn't shut the fuck up about you. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, about I, can't, that. I, can't, I don't know if I can live up to this. I'm sorry, I'm not Andreas, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I never knew that because because she, she took Germans. Like she was like in into German and, and stuff. Oh my so. god. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, and this is really weird because we never talked about this before. <laughs> No. Well, that's okay. I dated your first wife before you were married to her, so. Yeah, no, that's also great. <laughs> we go way back. We go way back. Right, yeah. It's sort of incestual, I guess. I don't know. Oh, my God. So, so yeah, so I moved here. We, you know, obviously, Craig and I went to high school together. Um, and then I decided after high school that I'll go to college, because that's cool. We'll do all that. We'll, we should be doing that. And. After that, I started working and recorded the video game podcast and started the website because I wanted to do that for some reason. And now I'm really into video games. So, so the website came first. You're like, I'm going to make a website. Now I like video games. <laughs> no, actually, I, I guess it was the other way around. Okay. I guess it was. I uh, hope so. I'm going to start a website. I got to get into something now. <laughs> no, I gotta, gardening, I thought, no. 
I thought that's how like uh, Twitter would start it. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up to me. Nobody really knows what they're talking about on that website. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, so what's what what is the name of your website? It's onpause.org. So if you go to onpause.com, you'll just see that guy that tries to get our money. He owns he yeah, yeah, the person who owns TVLoss.com tries to nail me every now and then. I'm like, dude, oh, that's so, you. I'm not that's so funny. Yeah. And it kills We're, me, and it kills me because I owned TVLoss.com at one point. I let it lapse. And then oh, some, no. And then some, like, squatter in the Ukraine or something snapped it up, and I'm like, eh, son of a bitch. They that would. kills me because, like, TV and Lust, like, the phrase, TV and Lust is, like, my creation. Like, that's my thing. So someone who owns TV and com kind of hurt a little bit. I'm over it now, but. Like, how do you how do you come up with that, right? It's like, how do I come up with a website called TV and Lust, and I'm going to steal that. I'm going to wait for the guy to lapse, and I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah, how do you figure? He must have seen, like, there must be some website or something, some somewhere that shows, like, like, domains that just went up for sale. Yeah, I think it's because in the Ukraine, they're really into weird, you know, Fetishes, so TV. The domain squatting. There's like, there's like hard, hardcore domain squatting in the Ukraine. <laughs> it's a job. It's a full-time business there. <laughs> right. uh, nice. In all seriousness, though, we started on – actually, On Pause was started by the, the creator, Ronnie, who – He doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. He, he just does I – don't, I don't really know what he does. He, I talk to him sometimes. <laughs> We actually used to record a podcast, but we stopped, and you guys passed us in episodes already. Yeah, which is... yeah, yeah. I used to be on your show. I used to be on. Yeah. Um, what, what do you guys call it? And you call it something stupid now, right? It's pause that now. Pause, pause that. that. He, he changed that, right? Uh, yeah, I think he, he wanted to name it. I'm going to put him on blast. He, and, he was the one. Yeah, pause, pause that sucks. What was it before that, though? Oncast. Oncast. See, that works. It could go tie oncast, like on pause. That's like, what that I made said. sense. It totally worked. Pause that doesn't matter. Fuck, that was stupid. That, that's what I said, but... I pretty much have all my email linked to uh, the on pause email now, so I really don't want to piss him off because I'll lose everything my whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all your PR contacts. If you exactly. Know. So pause that is it. Yeah, we've been joking about that. You know, he could just like steal all the contacts and like start his own site again. He'd be too fucking lazy to do anything with. He would be. I so love I'm not Ronnie. too worried. I don't, I don't talk to him anymore. I don't really see him online all that much anymore. Yeah, he he works now, and he has a girlfriend or two. Wow, dude got a life. That's nice. <laughs> he did. That's what I said. It's, it's really strange. So every now and then we still record, but it, it's rare these days. Yeah, so when's the last time you guys you did a podcast? Uh, we did, like, what we call a roadcast, which is when I drive home from work, I call him and he recorded. That's so ghetto, because you guys have no time <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> like, I know, whatever. it's so booty. But we made it special, you know? It's the roadcast. You should listen. Uh, that was, like, uh, maybe a month or two ago. Damn, so you, you did a ghetto podcast a month ago. When's the last time you did an actual, like, legit podcast? Probably a month or two before then. Wow. It used to be weekly, but now we just... And then weren't you guys up. holding off from doing, like, episode 100, so you did, like, episode 99.5 or something like that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think episode 100 episode. turned out to be just junk anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but I'm the, I'm the editor-in-chief over there. I, that's what I call myself, because I can call you myself... You can call whatever. yourself whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Supreme Overlord, like who's gonna stop you? I think I'm gonna change it to that. Yeah, make sure you get the business cards printed to say that. I know. I actually always wanted to do the business cards, and you I still haven't. I, done, how do you go to trade shows like PAX and get away without business cards? I don't even understand how you do that. Do you want to know? I do. You really want to know because it's really embarrassing. Uh, I take my work business cards and I put my on pause email on the back, and I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a financial consultant by day, but no, really, I love video games. So I this. People look at me like I'm an insane person, 
but at the same time, they'll remember me, which is good. Well, half the developer, because you go to PAX and there's like a ton of indie developers there, and you know they have like day jobs and shit too. And like, right. and a lot of a lot of the the quote unquote press there, like, are just people like us anyway. I mean, there's exactly. big guys are there now, which is which is really frustrating. Like as a tangent, like because PAX is supposed to be like a fan show, like that's the whole. It's not E3. It's not. Right. It's not a trade show. It's supposed to be for fans, and then you you sort of see like these stranglehold on the the kind of press that can get in. That's really annoying. Like it really should be more. I think they should be more encouraging towards fan or enthusiast press. And they kind yeah. of they put a kibosh on that. It's really frustrating. They did. It is. It's turned into a weird media thing now, mm-hmm. which is sad. It but is. but at the same time, we get to cut the line to Assassin's Creed and watch it without standing in line for two hours. Yeah. That that was okay. Our Sorry Max, to Max everyone Payne. who stood in line. Yeah, that, no, it was kind of nice. Um, Aliens, Colonial Marines. I don't know how that panned out. Maybe I, don't, I actually enjoyed the multiplayer we played with that though. Yeah, it was fun. It was. And fun. I was like, this game's going to be good. Yep, and then it came out. <laughs> no, wrong. <laughs> right. Whoops. I mean, the whole demo that we saw actually was awesome, and the game turned out to be nothing like it. That must that had to be like the best part. That had to be like the best part of the game. That that single player demo we saw. Yeah, and they they changed. I mean, there's a whole story behind what happened to that game, which is really interesting. There's a few editorials done on it, and uh, by like actual people that call themselves journalists on other websites. <laughs> uh, and it's really interesting to to see what happened. You know, that Gearbox really didn't make that game. And they just kind of collected money from Sega for a long time until Sega said, we really need this now. Can you make this game basically what they do. Same thing like Duke Nukem. They didn't really do anything with that. Right. Supposedly, they took all the money from... I'm bad-mouthing here, but uh, this is just from (laughs) stuff that I read. Don't worry. Don't worry. Your your PR buddies aren't going to be listening to this, so... (laughs) Sorry. I love you, Sega. You're my buddies. Um, They actually didn't send me that game. Anyway. But I have it in my Gamefly envelope that I haven't opened uh but yeah that sucked that game turned out really shitty they took the money and made borderlands 2 instead and then they pooped out aliens yeah yeah basically yep that's what i heard too ah well we may never know yeah would have been nice if that was a good game (sighs) would be nice (laughs) all right so i've had a pretty good weekend i've had a pretty i'm 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 happy about this weekend i last night um well actually today is one of my best friend's uh, birthdays, but we celebrated like last night and, you know, all my friends, like we very rarely get to go out in, you know, a whole group anymore. Everyone's really busy. And then when they're not busy, they're kind of tired. Like this isn't, um, so last night was the first time in a long time. Uh, we all got to go out. It was great. We drank and, um, what did I you can't... drink? Did you, did you get your beer thing? Did you get the allergy that you have? Um, no, I did have, because I even drink a lot, but I don't drink a lot anymore at all, partially because I don't, I just don't drink a lot anymore, but also because of the hypertension, I shouldn't really be drinking all that much. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you have gluten allergies? I do. Is that what's going on? I do. What, all right. Uh. And, and they come in, like, it's, it's like, I don't want to say they come and go, they're, they're usually always there, but it's like Russian roulette as to how bad it's going to affect me as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had a couple of Sam Summers, and I love Fireball Whiskey, because I hate mm-hmm. real whiskey because it, it tastes like the souls of old men. So right. Fireball Whiskey is delicious. tastes like candy. So I had, I, had, I had a shot of that, and I had a couple of Sam Summers. And um, I was feeling that. Pff, holy shit. <laughs> and, but no, we had, a great, we had a really good time and stayed out all night. And then uh, my girlfriend, Emma, and I, we went to the flea markets this morning. So we stayed out all night, got up at the butt crack of dawn. She was not feeling that. Um, <laughs> 
And we went to a couple of flea markets. And they're a hall. Like, they're, like, the first one's, like, an hour away. And Which one is it? The town. What town is it? It's in Mansfield. You know where the drive-in is there? Yeah. Up by okay. uh, Willimantic. The dur- yeah. sun- on Sundays, during the day, the drive-in is, and the field next to it is an, just a massive flea market. Massive, massive flea market. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, like, the biggest flea market in the area. And then we went to – then there's one in Jewett City in one of the mills. It's an indoor flea market, but it's huge. It's this entire old mill, several floors of just crap. That's awesome. It is It is awesome. And I have never walked away from these flea markets empty-handed, but it's always, you know, I, I'm not really – I don't always really get the best stuff. Like last time I went, I got a couple of cool things. Like I got, I got Contra and Gradius box complete on the NES for ten bucks. I mean that's that's pretty good, you know. I mean it's mm-hmm. not a phenomenal deal. They're not super rare games or anything, but that's a pretty good deal. And I, I oh man, I passed on. There's a 32x game called Colibri, and it's like a shoot 'em up, but you play as like a hummingbird. And there's this I'm into this. I'm into it. I'm into yeah, it. Right, right. I'm like, I want to get this game. I, I, I think I, I remember ads for that game. I passed this up. I passed this up. There's this, there, at the Jewett City one, there's this old lady, and the basically just, I call her video game lady, because that's all she basically sells. Like, glass cases, you wouldn't expect it. It's just an old lady, baseball cap on, she's selling video games, she's all about it. Uh. And she's usually, she's very flexible. Like, you give her, like, you can pick up a few games and then shoot her, like, a reasonable number. Like, they're marked, but if you shoot a reasonable number, like, below that, she, she almost always will go, yeah, no problem. So she had a Calibri there for, like, 20 bucks. And I'm like, 20 bucks? Like, that's not a flea market price. I'm like, hey, they wait 10 for Calibri. And she's like, nah, I'm pretty firm on the 20. I'm like, fuck you and your Calibri. And then I go home, because there's no service there. First of all, Jewett sees the boondocks, and you're stuck inside this mill. There's no service. I get home and look up Calibri. That thing goes for, like, 60 or 70 bucks, and he'd be like, son of a bitch. Oh, man. That's why she was firm. So I'm like, damn it. She's like, I'm giving she you a video jerk. She yeah. knows her shit, dude. She's video game lady. You She's video game lady. She knows what's up, right? She so, wore a cap, dude. So, um, so we, go, we go to Mansfield first, and I'm thinking it's a good day, because one of the first tables we see... Um, because it's huge, but there aren't that many people selling video games. And when you go to, like, when you pass by, like, a table, and it's got a bunch of crap and, like, a couple of video games on it, you know that's always bullshit, because they're not selling video games. They just happen to find these in their couch cushions, and they just put them out. And <laughs> them. So true. So, always sports or something, some Nickelodeon game or some garbage. So, this time, though, there was a bunch of people, like, legit selling video games. Very surprised. So, one of the first tables, massive, huge amount of video games, quite a few, quite a bit of modern stuff, like Wii, PS3, and 360, um, PS3 is going to be a classic pretty well, soon here. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, they had a bunch of loose carts, like cartridge games. None of them were boxed. That so that's not interesting to me. I don't buy loose carts anymore. Um, but then they had they had a lot of like PS2, Xbox, and um, PS1 games. And the PS1 games were interesting to me. They had actually a, a decent selection of PS1 games in reasonable condition. Here's the problem. That entire table was all basically eBay buy it now prices, including including shipping. And I'm like, why would I pay? And, and they were not. They were not having any of the haggling. Nobody was buying anything to this table because they go I'm like, how much for this? And they go like, Ugh. and they're like, no. Like, why would I go to flea market to pay these prices? Are you kidding me? It's, you're supposed to get a steal because you don't know what you're selling, and I'm supposed to get a really good deal on it. This well, is how it goes well, not down. Even this just is that. <laughs> it's just like. There's no incentive for me to buy from you. If I can just do it at home with my pants off from eBay and have buyer protection on on it, why would mm-hmm. I come to you and buy it out of your car's trunk? Why would I do that? There's no there's no incentive. Right, that's true. 
So I'm like, fuck this guy. And uh, but nah, they, there's there's a bunch of a bunch of good sellers, um, really, some really good deals. And um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off this list of games that I got. I got the picture everything, up. Everything is complete. Cartridge games are in their box. Everything's in reasonably good condition. Some of these are. How does it like, smell? Uh, like old people attic, but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like I think like four or five of these actually already own, but they're loose carts, so uh, I, I didn't mind upgrading them because I paid on average five dollars per game here. Mm-hmm. So I got Sly Two, Band of Thieves. Uh, for the PS2, Nightshade for the PS2, which I think is a sequel to Shinobi, but I'm not sure. I think it's related to Shinobi at any rate. Uh, Shadow Man Second Coming, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, which I already own, but they were part of, like, that box set. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of nice to have those, like, the separate releases. So you're talking about the white, those white covers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the trilogy box set. Um, yeah. So that's all, that's all PS2. I got Crimson Skies on Xbox, Outrun 2 on Xbox, Brute Force and Enter the Matrix also on X- Xbox. Yep. Um, on the NES, I got Tetris, Solstice, Faxanadu, and Fester's Quest. Uh, for the Genesis, I got Spot Goes to Hollywood, Road Rash Two. Sorry, Seth. Yeah, get, let me get, stop you there. What what what's wrong with the cartridge I gave you, Craig? Is that just not good enough for you? <laughs> okay, get so to No, I love Seth's cartridge. Actually, I'm not I'm not like throwing it away or putting it up on eBay because I love Seth's cartridge. He, he so Seth sent me a bunch of games for like free. He didn't charge me anything like that, and they were just loose carts because he upgraded everything, got all boxes and manuals for all his games. And the copy of Road Rash 2 he sent me was missing half the label, so he took a piece of paper and taped it to the cartridge and drew, drew in the other half of the label. So I'm never getting rid of that game. That's like that's, that, that's a prized possession of my collection. That's not going nowhere. I love it. But you know what? For approximately $5 to get a complete box, sorry, Seth, it's been outmoded. All right. You could put my cartridge in that box. I like that idea. Um, Echo the Dolphin. And Shaq Fu, and I posted I posted a photo of my of my collection of this haul on the Facebook on TVL's Facebook page, and everyone's like Shaq Fu, and there's there's two things here. Number one, Emma was absolutely insistent I buy Shaq Fu. She's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> she's like, <"What> <laughs> so she's like, you have to buy that. So I'm like, okay, fine. And but the second thing is like, I don't mind having a few bad games in my collection. I've said this before, but I think playing bad games keeps you in the loop as to what's actually good. I think people like these days. You don't. You never have to play a bad game if you don't want to. There's so much press right. on everything. You never have to play a bad game. So I think people get skewed as to what's actually bad. Like average mm-hmm. becomes bad, pretty good becomes average, and I don't know. I think it's always nice to keep a perspective on what's actually legitimately bad. And plus, it's Shaq uh, Fu, dude. I have a game called Shaq Fu in my collection. I'm fine with this. I'm totally fine. <laughs> Important awesome question cover. here, Craig. Yes. Is is this is the music CD still was that still included with the game? Oh, really? There was a music CD in the Genesis. Yeah, they came with the. So I'm gonna say no. You didn't. No, then I guess it's not. Then I guess it's not entirely complete. No, it did not come with the the CD. Nope. All right. So most. So this is mostly complete. Mostly complete. It's an important part of the game. You just gotta listen to that while you're playing. Man, I'll have to to eBay that then. Um, Donkey Kong Country (laughs) on Game Boy Advance. Beetle Adventure Racing on the 64. Turok 3 on the 64, and the original SimCity for... Dude, that's, a, that's crazy that you got that. I saw that. I'm like, I, ha- I cannot play this. It's on f- fucking floppy disks. But right. <laughs> SimCity on Macintosh 2. 
I thought that was pretty bad. You see the cover of that? It looks like something from it, Fallout 3. Like, what the fuck is that yeah. on the cover there? Man? It's a sick cover. It's yeah. sick. It's, it's, it's so great. I'm so glad I got that. And um, Emma got uh, something. She bought some horror movies. And she bought, on the Super Nintendo, she got complete in box. She got Super Godzilla. She's like, is that Super Godzilla? And she's, I'm like, have you ever played this? She's like, no, but I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> So she got Super Godzilla, and she also she also bought an NES game from that those that ridiculous table I was telling you about with all those overpriced games. She bought. She's like, oh my god, Jaws for the NES! I have to have this. And I'm like, that game is going to be overpriced, you know, because it wasn't marked. I'm like, that's they're going to charge you out the ass. I'm like, I would not pay more than a couple dollars for that game. And she's like, mm-hmm. how much for this? She's like, ten bucks. I'm like, mm. she's like, yeah, I'm fine. She she paid it. She paid it. And you know, because she only bought like two things. Not like she, you know. You know, spent a ton of money overall, so she doesn't really doesn't really bother her. But man, like that, ten bucks for like a loose Jaws card? Are you kidding me? Like that's ridiculous. I remember hating Jaws so much as a kid. I, I hated that game. I think most people do, but she just wants to play. She wants to play. She was gonna buy like RoboCop. She was ready to buy like all like these eighties games, like the NES. <laughs> but man, like that's ten bucks for a loose. Oh, well. <laughs> trying to teach her. It's not. not we'll, we'll get yeah, there. it's a little high. That's yeah. We'll get there though. I mean, if that was boxed, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's fine, whatever. But loose cart, nah. Especially at a flea market, I'm like, Jesus. Like how, that takes some balls to price those games the way they did. Some real fucking balls. Was it? Was it a woman or a man? It was a dude. Okay. And it was like Maybe a really like shady looking dude. You know what I mean? He's the kind of guy that, like, if it wasn't video games, like, if it was, like, junk, like, he found his act, he would tell you, like, a tall tale to make it sound more valuable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I picture the comic Well, this statue came from the, from the fucking Simpsons. pyramids of Giza. <laughs> so, you really, you must understand $35 is a steal. <laughs> I'm seeing buy it now for six bucks. Oh, wait. No, that that's a... No, okay, yeah, six bucks seems to be, like, the lowest buy now. No, five dollars right there. All right. Five dollars, yeah. And even with shipping, it'd still be less than ten bucks. I was—that's what I'm saying. Like they were basically pricing them on like eBay prices. eBay buy it now is including shipping. It was really bad. It was really yep. disappointing. One guy was actually selling uh, Famic- uh, Super Famicom carts, and I'm like, ooh, but they're like loose carts, you know. And they were mm-hmm. cheap. They were cheap. Like I was, I was tempted to do it just because they were cheap. But I'm like, nah, I'm a stickler for the boxes now. You know, once upon a time I would have, but. I like my boxes now, so I passed. But I thought that was pretty cool. Someone had a bunch of import games. Become a boxer, Craig. Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. So, I, you know, like, none of these games are, like, super rare or anything like that. And $5 isn't, like, deal the century per game. But, I mean, it's a it's a pretty good deal. I got I got some pretty good games for 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 that. So, mm-hmm. pretty excited. I think the boxed NES games, too, are really worth that price. So Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah boxed absolutely. NES games. And they're good games, too, like Tetris, Solstice. Solstice is hard as dick, too. I played that game when I was a kid. Couldn't figure that out. In fact, Santa do Infestor's Quest. I mean, they're not like crappy NES games. They're pretty decent NES games. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, no, I, I've never had a haul like this either. Like, I, I feel bad when because like I'll watch people like on YouTube or Facebook or whatever posting like flea market hauls or pawn shop hauls. I'm like, damn, like I never get anything like that around here. And like, this is my damn, I never get anything like that around here. <laughs> and I, and I don't like this is actually typical for me. Usually, I walk out with like. Like two, three, maybe five games tops. I never come home with twenty something games, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, do, do, did you hear about the whole NBA Live game thing? That there was like a copy that went on eBay or something when you know the NBA Live game that never came out. Yeah, I heard but, about that. Like, 
where is that? Like, how much does that go for? That must be ridiculous. That you know, but I would hate to have him be alive in my collection. So, I don't but, know how I feel about but it. the novelty of the fact that they they made this game, it was they printed the discs, they shipped it to stores. You know, just about to go on sale. Did and it they go said, to no, stores? Like stores actually had them in. I, the stores never had him, but they, they, I think they like were just about to go on trucks, you know, to go out. And some guy probably pulled it off the off the line and before it went anywhere, and he put it on eBay later when so, he realized it wasn't coming out. So why didn't that come out? It was shit. It was terrible. Like the, it was broken. The game uh, was completely broken. I so see. EA pulled the plug on it just before it was about to ship, and they haven't made a game since because they can't figure out how to make a better basketball game than uh, <laughs> than, than, than 2K. So they're like, okay, we're not going to do it. Wow. So there's this one game out there that people have. Do you remember the picture of that the dem- when the demo came out? There's a guy just standing like on in the oh, middle yeah, of the court. The video- With his art, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the yeah. videos of this. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Now that you mention, I do remember seeing some of these videos. I'm like, damn, that game's jacked. That's, the, that's that game that was going to come out, you know? <laughs> and they said, no, we can't do that. <laughs> wow, EA has quality control. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's why they fired Ricatello. <laughs> a poor guy. He actually tried, you know. He, he actually tried. No, I, I actually give the guy credit. He they, he did try. I mean, you can blame EA for their microtransaction or the DLC or this that, but he that, he he tried. Yep, he, he made that that space in Mirror's Edge happen. That would have never come out of old EA, you know. Oh no, absolutely not. No, but I mean, he also spearheaded Project Ten Dollar and was very proud of it. So, right, that was bad. Which that I, was, I actually don't mind the concept. It's just how the concept is used sometimes, I think, that bothers yeah. me. But I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to shareholders, right? And that's who he's talking to. But nowadays, the, the, the press picks up everything, so gamers really know yeah. what's Plus, going on. You know, when so many gamers think, like, their favorite publisher is, like, a charity, like, a non-profit organization right. or something like <laughs> that, that they don't have shareholders. They don't care about their fans. They just no, care about just money. Mean... Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Now you're <laughs> catching on. <laughs> right, exactly. It, it's silly. You know, gamers are some of the most entitled people that... Oh, I've never seen on this play. They hate being called entitled. Like sometimes they have fair points. They just wrap it up in way too much vitriol, and it's hard to like. Well, I agree with you, but I hate everything else you just said. So right, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, exactly. I don't really want to side with you right now. It's true. It's it's sad. You know, companies are battling this this whole new model where nothing else but big games sell. You know, so they they're all in danger of collapsing, and tons of publishers have collapsed. Right? Look at THQ. I mean, they used to be really. Used to be a big publisher making tons of good games, and they're dead because they couldn't figure it out. You know. Yep. Now THQ's gone. A lot of studios are gone, and right? there's a balance. And, and there has to be a balance between yeah. the you know a publisher or studio making money mm-hmm. and gamers getting content. I think most most of the time, in most cases, there actually is somewhat of a balance going on. It's yeah. It's just that you know people want to pay very little for a lot of product. Right, and that's that's not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah, I think uh, you know we know a little bit more about the, the goings on in the industry and understand it. Therefore, we're not going to be screaming as much as everybody else. But most gamers that take their money to GameStop and trade in, you know, they use games because they can't afford buying a new one. Like I understand them too, you know. But it's it's just a tough spot. It is. It is. Well, it's a tough spot for everyone. To be fair, that both the publishers and the. Uh, and the consumers. I get right. it. I do. Uh, I know I bitch about the audience a lot, but it's not that I don't get their their viewpoint. Right. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that was my weekend at any rate. Uh, Seth, how you been? Uh, all right. I also went to uh, 
a flea market, and my experience was just fucking awful. It was nowhere near yours, Craig. <laughs> uh, I only found, like, one good table that had, like, a, a decent amount of video games. And they, I, I, these people don't understand that, like, the sun up in the sky, like, just damages things. And they just have them sitting out there for, yeah. I don't like, weekends over weekend. And so there's just a bunch of, like, sun-bleached-ass games out on their tables. Like, I was looking through uh, some ladies' NES games. She had a lot of them. There's some decent ones, but they're all just loose cards, and they're all just sun-damaged to shit because, like, yep. she can't put an umbrella up above them or something. There are definitely some sun-damaged games where I was at, too. My my Turok 3's box is, is slightly sun-damaged. It's not too bad. Not bad enough for me to pass it up for five bucks, you know? But Yeah, yeah no. That happens, yeah. I, I, like, don't understand why these people can't just, like, throw some shade over this shit. Some of these things actually have, like, fucking dirt and lint hanging off them. They don't even fucking just throw them up. They don't care. Uh, that Road Rash 2 I sent you, that was from a swap meet. I cleaned that thing with a, with a, uh, with a Q-tip and, like, just, like, literal mud was coming out as, as I was cleaning it. That's gross. (laughs) It was pretty bad. So, nothing there. I also hit up some, uh, like, Salvation Army and Goodwill and stuff, and it was just... 100% 100% sports games. I, I just... I feel like that's no all it is at, at, like, uh, Goodwill, like, Goodwill stores and stuff. I feel like that's that's all it is these days. I, I, I've stopped going. I was going for, like, a little while there, maybe a couple times a week, popping in, and it was just junk. I mean, I've mm-hmm. gotten some pretty good stuff from, from Goodwill, to the point where, like, I don't feel like I don't feel like I have to say, like, man, Goodwill sucks. I mean, you know, I got, like, Metal Gear Solid for five bucks, you know, Gears for five bucks. We got some pretty good stuff. But um, nothing late, nothing in a long time. It's just been crap. It's all George yeah. Michael VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, one of the stores I went to, like, had, like, NBA Live, like, all the way back from the Genesis, all the way to, like, the PS2. <laughs> it's just, like, collection every of NBA Live you want, you could get your whole NBA Live collection right there. Full circle. Yep. Right. And, and another one of the places I went to, they just, like, had all their movies and uh, games, like, mixed together. So I was like, what the? I hate that. Why yeah. aren't these yeah. separated? It's because the people that like, work there. They you don't know? care. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, oh, it's, it's in a DVD case, whatever. Just throw it in. It's and then the they same. hit all the... <laughs> they had PlayStation games, like, mixed in with the music CDs, and I was like, uh-huh. shit. And it's so hard, too. And then, like, because I hate, like, here's, maybe this is a really irrational thing to 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 think, but, like, how do I phrase this without sounding like a dick? Like, I feel like, I feel like Goodwill's for, like, poor people. And and not, and not in a snooty kind of way. Like, I feel like, oh, well, this is, you know, where people, you know... Lower class people can go to get maybe some decent things for super right. cheap. So I feel like an asshole going into Goodwill and being like, "I'm buying all your video games." Sorry, poor people. <laughs> so I right. all these commercials trying to not make you feel bad for that, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Goodwill, yeah. <laughs> Goodwill commercials are totally like they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't play that angle. But when you go in there, and it's just the saddest people in, in the universe <laughs> in Goodwill. And so it's I true. feel it's bad. True. I feel bad. And, and like, I'm dressed decently. None of these other people are. They're basically wearing paper bags, like <laughs> barrels, barrels with suspenders. That's what everyone's wearing in there. So I, I feel bad going through these video games because I can afford to buy them on eBay if I, if I really had to, but I, but I don't, you know, I'll go to Goodwill. So I, I feel like a dick buying video games at Goodwill, basically. I really do. <laughs> I, I'm rifling through them. I'm like scouring through. No, fuck. And you're like, oh, this is shit. Yeah. This is shit. This yeah. is shit. This is shit. Fuck your eight copies of the Sandlot. Like, I don't care. 
I have no such this. qualms. I'll be in there just be like, you don't deserve this, poor people. This is my <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I but no, people I like, won't listen to this podcast, so nobody's offended. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. Craig was poor. It's fine. Yeah, I was poorish. Yeah. You have a poor friend, so it's okay. Yeah, I know. Is, I know a poor guy. A friend, poor, so like that's whatever it works. So I, I I found like a a copy of Splinter Cell, the first Splinter Cell for Xbox that I almost bought, but this thing looked like it had been like slimed by a fucking Ghostbusters ghost. It was just <laughs> covered in sticking. I literally had to wash my hands after I touched it. I was like, nope, that's okay, whatever. Back, so back with like the DVD. Nose on, he's like, I'm giving this to Goodwill. It was, I don't know. It was like it was rolled in some like KY jelly and then like rolled in a lint factory. I don't know what was going on with it. <laughs> I love, I love seeing these disgusting games. Like it's a letdown when it's a game you want, but you're just like, what? How, what is the story behind yeah, this? Exactly. Because like this would never happen to my games, but some, some human being, some careless individual <laughs> let this happen to this game. Like that blows my mind. And I assume this is the condition it was in, like, after they tried to clean it up some, too. So I don't even <laughs> know what it like looked like when it was first donated. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, so I got absolutely no games because they were just all either sports games or not in good condition. Oh, sorry to rub it in your face, then. Yeah. <laughs> He's not really sorry. Let me tell you about Salt the, all the retro games I got. Oh. <laughs> now you see my picture but, of all my games? is like three stacks. How'd you like that? That's a yeah, lot of good games uh, you got there. You got lucky that day. That's good for you. Good for you, man. I feel bad I for mean, anybody yeah. who didn't get in games at all. Oh, shut up. Shut up, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, though. That's that's Al. That's my weekend. Yeah, Chris, how about you? What have you been up to, man? No, we can skip me. I don't even know what I did this week. <laughs> like he, he had a My Little Pony party with Jackie, and he doesn't want to own up to it. That's all I had. No, I, I, would, I would just say that. They did each other's it. hair. <laughs> No, I'm like sorry, I, they're I don't mains. even know what they're it, mains. My bad. Yeah, they're mains. They're Craig. Jesus Christ, be sensitive. I'm cutting this off now. Move on. Let's go. <laughs> oh, it's <getting> real. <laughs> How about you, Andres? What have you been up to lately? Um, I don't know. I worked a lot, which was okay. Yeah, I guess you do work a lot. Um, I think you're I also think... like my richest friend. So it's like you're 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 rich German money bag. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> seems to say that to me. <laughs> you're like I don't make that much, and he's fucking like white in twenties on fire and like wiping his ass. <laughs> with I don't make that much money. I don't know. What <laughs> no, I don't do that. No, um, no, but I think I earned it. You know, I'm pretty. No, rich, no, so. no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. I didn't mean <laughs> that. That's so mean. No, um, in all seriousness, yeah, work. Yeah, my job's all right, you know. I, I think I, I, I do well. I get to travel the world on the company dime, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. pretty great. Yeah, yeah, tell us some of the places you've been. Well, most the most recent places I've been to were Geneva, like, three times, so that's boring. You know, who wants to go to Geneva? Geneva so many times, I can't be bothered. I went to, uh, you know, a couple of cities in Portugal. Um, so those, I think those are the countries that I visited with this company, but I'm also due to go to France and a couple of other places soon. Which is cool, but I wish I could spend more time or spend time with my family. You know, it always sucks when you just go from hotel to boardroom to hotel to airplane, you know? Uh, I still enjoy getting to go. You poor thing. uh, It's a tough life. Fuck, I sound like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What you got to do is you got to go to Goodwill and see how the other half lives. (laughs) 
I'll wear like the Michael Jackson like face mask so I don't get contaminated. <laughs> Poke people with a stick. <laughs> um, but so I played a bunch of video games, but I don't think I'm supposed to talk about them at all because it's embargoed. No, this, we we don't do we, we don't even talk about video games on this podcast. So it's, oh okay, I, yeah. For the first like half hour, it's like whatever. Oh. oh yeah, fine. Okay, I'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah. Then I did more of nothing, and you know. The wife is sick at home, so we've been watching a TV show on Netflix because we we just bought a Roku and shit, and we're trying all that stuff out. But just in general, she's like watching all those shows, and she, you know, roped me in. I usually watch like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, like you know, The Walking Dead, like those types of shows. And I got stuck watching this show that you'll probably laugh. I'm gonna uh, laugh. I'm I'm waiting get, for it. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know what's worse, My Little Pony or Pretty Little Boy. And the more embarrassing thing is, like, I'm into it now, which is really <laughs> fucked up. He always up to it. I gotta give him credit. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in this, I'm in this show, and like, I know all about the characters, and like, what do you think she's gonna do? Oh my god, what's gonna happen next? You know. <laughs> so we actually just took a break. Like when you texted, like, pick up. What are you doing? It's time to record the podcast. I was like. Oh, sorry, I gotta just finish this episode real quick. I'll be right there. <laughs> and is, is Jillian, like, is she really into it, too? She is. She, she's into it. And, I mean, we both know that it's not a good show, you know? But it's kind of good enough to keep watching, and they come up with these ridiculous twists that don't, <laughs> you can't call them at all. You know, it's like, oh, let's just introduce this all-new guy to make the storyline make sense, and there's no way to conceivably think of this plot twist at all. <laughs> It's like a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah, it's pretty much a Scooby-Doo episode. Um, But yeah, that's what we've been doing literally all weekend. Ah, whoops. That's it. That's my... Dude, I had a boring weekend. I mean, besides getting caught up on Pretty Little Liars, that's it, though. Well, that's pretty (laughs) thrilling. Yeah. No, that's great. It's kind of nice. Well, now that we... I don't know how long we've been recording. A while now? Let's let's talk about some video game news. Um... Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct, another one that just rained shit like candy down on Nintendo fans. And you know what? And it was, people saw some sour grapes on Twitter and stuff. Um, Nintendo reiterated some stuff from, from games that uh, we, already, we already know. Uh, they talked a little more in depth about the new Mario & Luigi game. Um, and uh, they talked a little bit more about the Wii U update uh, that's coming up here pretty soon. That should be improving load times, and when you power on the Wii, you can hold down B to Wii U. You can power. You can hold down B to go directly into Wii mode. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, Virtual Console is going to be rolling out here pretty soon, and Nintendo actually has a discount program. If you already own Virtual Console games from your Wii, you can you can buy them for. Um, well, how did it break down? Like some games are like a dollar, and some games are like a dollar fifty or something like that. I think it's a yeah, dollar for NES. NES games and a dollar fifty for Super Nintendo games. Okay, and yeah. they're working on getting like N sixty four and stuff up too. Yeah, and Game Boy Advance, I think too, was another one that we said they were working on. I, I they need to go a little faster with the Virtual Console. Like, like, listen, I like the Virtual Console, but this one game like a week or whatever like that. They they need Please to learn understand. their lesson. Like the Wii, like that's not. <laughs> It's not acceptable. They really should be doing... If they're going to do it on a weekly basis rather than a, a huge dump and just have you select, like, iTunes or something like that, they mm-hmm. need to be doing, like, three or four games a week, I think. They need... They need. I think they need to be doing more. 
Yeah, I think it's bad enough when they're trickling them out, but the fact that the Wii U is going to be trickling out games we already bought. Right, exactly. That you already That's trickled the these. This is double. You're you're double trickling. Yeah. No, it's not okay. <laughs> um, and they may have already uh, trickled them twice because they're available on 3DS too. Yeah, some are available. On 3- yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, some of these are triple trickled. Triple trickled. They're just trickling all over the place. I think like at least ten games a week at this point since they already have most of these up on the Wii. So yeah, I, think, I, think I don't the, know what I they're doing. The, you know, they're not going to be straight ports, obviously, on the Wii U because they're going to be in high definition now, right? With I don't know, uh, you know, uh, gameplay on the screen. So they got. Yeah, I know bit. they have they have uh, gamepad play. They're going to have Miiverse. So I mean, they're they're adding some upgrades, but customize the button. Still, layout. I don't want to have wait. You know, five years. Well, it's to not get like every- they're putting out any retail games, so they can get their teams on this. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Damn. I have a retail game for it. <laughs> He's like, I have one. <laughs> a game. <laughs> That's more than the rest of us have. That's so sad. Um, but uh, we do have a bunch of new stuff to talk about. Um, the Guild Zero 2 games, uh, which are published by Level 5, uh, uh, there were three like mini games. Um, they are being brought out here in the West. I'm really lazy, so I didn't write down. I didn't write down the games, but um, they all looked really good. I was actually really interested in these. Let's see. I'm going from memory. One is a bug versus tanks type thing. Yeah, that was that was who, that was Inafune, right? Inafune. Yeah, that's Inafune's game. Yep. And there was one about like giant like. I, I got the titles here. We got bugs uh-huh. versus tanks, which, which is, is you know, which very, is very original title for that. Yeah. Um, the starship Damray. That's the adventure like, game that told you, like, nothing. Like, there was an yeah. exploration yeah. game. That, that one looked cool. That sounds it's really like cool. Purposely, yeah. They're purposely, like, keeping that shit behind wraps because apparently cool stuff happens. I don't want to know awesome. nothing about that game. I really want to. That seems, that looks really, really cool. And the other one is Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale. And that's the one with the giant Japanese monsters. Yeah. Yeah, these all sound really interesting, I think. I mean, yeah, the Guild Zero One games are really interesting. Some of them, you know, they're like hit or miss. Like some people obviously didn't like Aeroporter, and I mean, Crimson Shroud was a really interesting like idea, but I didn't really, like, I couldn't really get that into the game. Um, but no, I'm pretty jazzed about these. They're pretty unique things. I I hope they continue. I hope there's a Guild Zero Three. Like I hope you know this sort of loose series keeps going. I like it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, let's see here. Bravely Default. Uh, got announced for a Western release, which is awesome. Uh, a lot of people really wanted this game, and Nintendo said, "When's it coming out, Craig?" Well, and Europe's getting it 2013, and that's okay because Europeans will still bitch that they never get games on time. So you fucking Europeans, you know? <laughs> I hate those guys so much. Worse. And Central we, we Europe just shit. We get it 2014. We get it 2014. And this is part of Nintendo's initiative. They said that they were going to um, work with uh, publishers to get their games out in the West, which I think is really good. I mean, it doesn't necessarily. Here's the thing, though. Like, there's no. There are, like, no big, like, Western developers or publishers, like, really, like, putting out big games on the 3DS. They're just not. Like, there are, like, Western developers doing, like, eShop stuff, which is cool. But you're not seeing EA really put any effort into the 3DS. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is, this is great. This is great for people that love handheld games or are interested in Japanese games and, you know, just overall better for the 3DS. 
uh, for a much more robust library. But it, it, it's not going to help sell it to people that aren't really old. like no no one's who's no one who's like playing Halo and Assassin's Creed should go go man that flying fairy game is coming out. Fuck, I got to get a 3ds. Like that's <laughs> not that's not going to happen. So I mean, it's great. I'm not trying to downplay it, but it's just. It's not really shaking it up a whole lot. I think it's great. It's a good initiative on Nintendo's part, but they got to take it a step further, I think, to appeal to a wider audience. Um, don't even know how, like, how are they going to convince Western developers to like, start not, making games? These guys, are, they, these guys are blowing their load over 8 gigs of RAM on the PS3. Like, they think that they need, you know, yep. the latest supercomputer to make their games. They don't want to piddle their time away on the 3DS. It's not going to happen. I can't think of, like, a point where Western devs, like, ever paid a lot of attention to handhelds. No. I mean, there's some yeah. exceptions. I can't think of them all. I can't name like, them all. smaller the studios, like, way forward have always been on there. That's but, true. Like, That's true. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, there were, like, Ultima games on, like, the Game Boy, I think. I mean, occasionally you get, like, a, a, an anomaly like that, but, no, you're right, that's true. A lot of, like, Western developers aren't, I mean, you have N-Space, they've done a lot of handheld stuff. You know, there's some, there's some exceptions, but generally speaking, the big dudes are not interested, you're right. Like, even, like, Activision, uh, it's just token just efforts. outsource all their stuff. Yeah, they, like, put all their stuff in Vicarious Visions, usually, for the handheld that's stuff. True. They and usually have, like, right. some B or C team working on that I mean, stuff. it comes out good. I mean, to be fair, like, even the Call of Duty games on the DS, okay, I mean, maybe you have to attach, like, the, for the DS on the end of that, but they're still pretty good first-person shooters for the DS. Um, so, I mean, it's not, like, a complete terrible, it's not a throwaway effort, but, you know, it's gonna, very few people, basically no one's going to be playing Call of Duty on the DS over the consoles. Or the Vita. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, well, well, that was that was an exception, because that's actually kind of terrible. But that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I'm glad I never played that. <laughs> um, and the Skylanders game on the 3DS was actually really good. That was that was a really good game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you can you can point at Activision. They've got a handful of good things on there. But the problem with Activision's offerings is, like, who's going to who's gonna choose these games over the console versions? Very few right. people. They're, they're, Activision is all about... Five-year-olds? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> they're all about the big box retail. They might be, of. yeah, they might be playing World at War on the DS. I can see that. Uh, Activision, annualized sequels, stock price. We want to make money. It's all good. Yeah. Um... And uh, let's see here. So we got the virtual console uh, coming out in the Wii U soon. And that uh, ties into the next announcement. Earthbound is coming out in the West on the virtual console for the Wii U. That thing, people are going to buy a $350 system just to play Earthbound, I guarantee you. And that's that's because it's going to be cheaper than if they went on <laughs> eBay and bought the damn thing. I, that's really funny. It's I like honestly iPod- never thought... No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, you know how people buy the iPad and spend like 600 bucks, and then they complain about if a game is too expensive for their yeah, device? Yeah, yeah, they spend yeah, yeah. $600 on an iPad. Well, this $3 game is just way too much for me. Microtransactions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> $3 yeah, for I, Smurf Berries? This is outrageous. <laughs> I honestly never thought this game was coming. Nope, me neither. I, I told you guys. I, mean, I thought Nintendo just to go, Craig, I mean, Chris... Shut up. That doesn't count. <laughs> I, I called this weeks ago. You guys you laughed at me. You call it. You guessed. You, you called this lucky. like 10 years ago. No. Well, you when, and 
La Mulana and Earthbound, you've been like, they're, they're coming, guys, for like 10 years, and finally they came. So no, I don't no. even know if that counts. No, well, they had announced it for, for Japan as part of that 30-cent game program. Right. Um, and when they didn't announce it here, people were like, oh, that means it's never coming. Well, they, they were never going to sell it for 30 cents because they know that people will pay. <laughs> they could sell this game for like 20 bucks and people It's going to be the eShop's first $60 uh, VC game. And I was listening to 8-4 Play, and they were saying that there's actually like billboards in Japan advertising Mother Mother 2, which is, for those not in the know, is a Japanese name for Earthbound. Like there's billboards advertising Mother 2. Like they, Nintendo has <laughs> Nintendo has like nothing for the Wii U. They're advertising oh, that's crazy. <laughs> the release of a virtual that. console game, which is like, I mean, we laugh. I mean, I don't think that's that bad. Like it's it's sort of funny. But, you know, that that is kind of a big deal. Like that's that's a really popular game and you know, that's sort of a feather in the cap for them. I tout it, shout it from the rooftops all you want. But it is kind of funny that they're like, hey guys, we got a super Famicom game coming out in your three hundred and fifty dollar system. How do you like that? <laughs> Oh, my God. I wonder if in North America they're going to use their awesome uh, marketing campaign that they used when the game first released of This Game Stinks. Yeah, totally, yeah, <laughs> This Game Stinks. Yeah, that really helped. Yeah. <laughs> and people are speculating that maybe this bodes well for the rest of the series. Maybe we'll get Mother 3. No. I mean, I'm I surprised. Had, I, I think that this decision came from uh, Japan. I don't think this decision came from North America. I think I think they would rather just forget about it. You ought to put on his Luigi hat, and he's just been figuring yeah. out what he wants to do. And um, <laughs> it, you know, hopefully, strong sales. Hopefully, this game sells well, and hopefully, that indicates something to them. I don't know what. Probably nothing. But uh, Tomato, the professional translator who does professionally translate games and other media, was the person who translated Mother Three. Uh, the sequel to Earthbound, for free, and released it as a patch for the ROM. And he said, you can have all my files. You can have my translation. You can have all my files. I will, and if you want it updated, I will do whatever you need to do, me need to do, for free, if you choose to put out Mother 3 in the West. And this is what I said before. This is what I said. Like, they've, it, to me, it blows my mind that Mother 1, the predecessor to Earthbound, was professionally translated. Nintendo translated that. They just never released it. Earthbound is obviously translated because it was released here. And Mother 3 was professionally translated, although not by Nintendo. And now he's saying, you can have it. And they're still not going to do shit with any of these games. Just put it on a fucking 3DS card. Release for 30 bucks. It'll sell well. More than enough for your investment. Mm-hmm. Just fucking do it. They're all tra- you got to do nothing for that. And they won't. There is a lot of weird shit in Mother 3. That That's I don't very know, true. Like, in no way would like like in their game. You know, fuck them. Who cares? Alright. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Like, all they need to do is look at their like. I don't. You know, Nintendo America needs to do whatever the hell they need to do to make money. Because listen, I like my Wii U. I think the internet machine is overly negative about the Wii U. But let's face facts. It's not selling well. There's not a whole lot to play on it. Nintendo, I mean, I obviously we're talking about, they're probably not going to release a collection for the Wii U, but they'll probably release it to the 3DS or the eShop or something like that. But they need to do whatever they need to do to make money because the Wii U is not so hot right now. And they cannot afford to turn down solid ideas like that, in my opinion. But, yeah, I'm a little worried about it. Like, I don't think it's going to Dreamcast or anything, but it's, it's worrisome. 
I think it'll pull decent numbers. I think it'll come around because people want to play Nintendo games. They'll pick up the odd third party. This is Nintendo machines for a very long time have been a slow burn. Nintendo 64 launched with Pilewings and Mario. That was fucking it. That system had nothing. Like, people need to learn that Nintendo machines are a slow burn. They have been for a long time. This is not new. And it doesn't take off in the first seven weeks and people are like, oh my god, this is fucking awful. No, guys, chill the fuck out. Um... But, uh, you know, once, once, once the machine gets going, people will pick up the odd third-party offerings, but they're going to want to play the Nintendo games. If you want to play Zelda, you have to get a Wii U. Done. That's, all, that's it. And people will do that. So it'll come around. It'll sell decent numbers. Nintendo will move some software. They'll add to their already massive war chest. They're not going anywhere. They're not going out of business. <laughs> um, and they'll do okay. It won't be the resounding success. Some shareholders will be unhappy. That's only fair. But they'll be okay, I think. It's not doom and gloom. I was listening to Pactor speak the other day, and he said that uh, Nintendo's stock price is literally worth what the company is worth right now, which means it's just like, as an investor, that means you're like holding cash. You're really not investing anymore because the stock is not moving up or down. So he's called Iwata like one of the worst CEOs in the world ever. You know, here's here. There's there's two there's two things I have to say about this. Number one, I like Pactor. People don't like Pactor. But if you actually listen, I to love Pactor, him. If you watch like Pack Attack or whatever. Yeah, I love that he seems shit. Like I watch a really it affable guy, but but he is almost always wrong. Yeah, and that's not that's not <laughs> internet hyperbole. He is almost always wrong. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to call him an asshole. Like the internet gets really on that guy's case, dude. He seems like a nice guy. He's just always wrong. So I I take I just ignore what he says. I listen I listen to him because I, I like the guy, but I then I just dismiss it because it's always wrong. Um the second thing is Iwata may not be a very good CEO. He may not be. I mean I, I which is very disappointing to me because I will say this people point towards like their childhood and you know all dewy-eyed and nostalgic towards the NES and the SNES or whatever and and point back to this era like like that's when Nintendo was awesome. I, you know, under Iwata, I have never been more satisfied with Nintendo. Yes, they fuck up. Yes, Nintendo of America kind of doesn't understand their fans at all. But as far as, you know, the the quality and the quantity of releases, I, I can't remember a time I was more happier with Nintendo. They put out shit all the time. And Back then or right now? Right now. Okay. I mean, they supported the shit out of the Wii. People like, oh, the Wii, Nintendo banned the hardcore and the Wii. Man, there was so much Wario Land, Punch-Out, Sin and Punishment. The list goes on on the Wii. They supported they the shit out of it. There was a lot of good games that and, people loved. And so, under Iwata, I have never been more happy as a Nintendo fan with the releases. So as a fan, I love Iwata. But I can understand from a business perspective... Shareholders are probably very unhappy with Iwata. Yeah, and that, and that I sucks. Mean, that's that's, very that's worrisome again. Yeah, that sucks because I but really this... like him, and I would hate to see him more. Because I mean, you watch a Nintendo Direct, Iwata comes out with a Luigi hat, and there's a bunch of people dressed in Luigi costumes. <laughs> it's like, is this a real company? Like, is this a real live company doing this? And yeah, nobody it's like else the elves workshop. Sony wouldn't do that. They come out, they're all fancy pants. Everyone's got, you know, their collared shirts tucked into their fucking jeans coming out and talking about, finally, <laughs> we have PlayStation 4. We can have the experience we've been shooting for for all these years. The 8 gigs of RAM have finally realized the world <laughs> we've been shooting for since the PlayStation 1. And, you know, like, that's it's all boring, dry, stuffy yeah. shit. And Nintendo does the Nintendo Directs. And it's awesome. I would hate to see a very like hard nosed yeah. Nintendo. I love Nintendo. You know what so I want to see? I would want to see uh, who makes Heavy Rain. David Cage. 
I, yeah. I want to see him work for Nintendo and then he put those two <laughs> things together. I want to see together. him work for McDonald's because he shouldn't be making games anymore. David yeah. Cage would kill himself if he worked for Nintendo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my god. I love that guy though, you know? He's amazing. I can't stand him. The shit he says, though, is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just, you love him in like an ironic way. Oh, completely ironic. Yeah, I mean, I love the games too, but th- when he opens his mouth and he says, you know, the stuff about emotions and more pixels and more emotions, <laughs> like, and then he the makes the most were characters ever. I'm like, I can't really. Jason, press press yeah. X, press X to feel emotion now. Like, I don't care, man. It, that's exactly what I think of. You know, like. It, it, ah. Like he he he's, he really means well, and I think eventually he'll make something that everybody will like. But for now, he's just the, the butt of every joke, you know. No, some people love him though. Some people really love him. Jason. But like, I can't take him seriously. Like, have you ever played what is it called? Um, uh, Indigo Prophecy Fahrenheit. Yes, I have. In the ending credits, there's a bunch of the characters breakdancing, and one of them is him. He put himself, like, grinding with one of the female characters in the Ah. end credits to, like, dance music. And I'm like, I can't take this. You put yourself in the game, like, booty humping this chick. Like, I can't take you seriously, David Cage. I am David Cage, and I'm humping this girl. (laughs) And he's, like, telling me how mature games need to be, and here he is grinding up on this. No, David Cage, get the fuck out of here. Look at my boner. Look at the emotion. <laughs> so many so pixels. Many polygons. <laughs> God damn. All right. So anyway, get back to this Nintendo Direct. Um, good tangents. Good tangents. We always have good tangents on the show, but we need to get need to get back to brass tacks here. Um, we did get a couple new uh, announcements. On top of this, we got uh, Yoshi's Island, a new Yoshi's Island. Um, Seth does not like any Yoshi's Island. Um, I really like the first one. I did like the DS one. Some people were like, eh, it doesn't have the same spirit or whatever. Like, it kind of doesn't, but it was still fun. No, nah, dude, it, it's, it's the same as the first one. There's, they're both, like, boring, pretty-looking games. So, whatever. You're a boring, pretty-looking game. <laughs> no, Yoshi's Island games are boring. They, they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. They're okay for, like, five minutes at a time. What would we do without you? I even, I even like Yoshi's Story. I did like Yoshi's Story, actually. That one's Cause good. Because it, it was, like, this fun, like, arcade-style game, like... We used to, like, try to outdo each other's scores. You have to get, like, all melons. You have to collect 30 fruit in each level, and there's all kinds of different fruit, but there's only exactly 30 melons, and they're all hidden and shit. So if you only eat those 30 melons, you get the highest score. So that's, I was fucking doing that for, like, forever in that game. I got all melons, motherfucker. Top dead. <laughs> How do you like them melons? So there's New Yoshi's Island, um, and this game, like, I don't... I don't know about this art style. Like, it looks like the Mario and Luigi. It looks like everything looks like fucking Gumby. Everything's it, made it looks it. like it looks like a it looks like Donkey Kong Country to me. It looks like they pre-rendered use pre-rendered sprites instead of that. Like, I nice, think that's exactly uh, what it is. Like, pre, yeah, they pre-rendered shit and turn it into a sprite. And um, you know, it's not awful. Like, I'm complaining about, it, but like, it's not my preference. Like, I don't want I don't want to like feel like I'm playing like a like a like an old like 70s claymation holiday special. You know. Yeah, no, the the colored pencil look of the original games was uh, way better. Yeah. Yeah. And the sharp colored sprite, you know, the sharp, bright sprites from, like, Mario and Luigi were, like, way better than whatever this is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Mario Kart. Remember the sprites in Mario Kart? The first time, Mario Kart 64, I'm sorry, Mario Kart 64. The first time I played Mario Kart 64, it was such a jarring experience because all the tracks are polygonal, but each character looks like garbage. It's like, it's a sprite that has like several frames of animation. It looks like it's, you know, it's it's moving and turning and stuff. It's, it's not polygonal. And those characters look like trash. 
And um, that's what that reminds me of. They just, I didn't even pay, like for the longest time. I didn't even realize those weren't like polygons until I went back and played the game like a year later. I was like, "What the fuck's going on with these guys?" <laughs> <laughs> there's this, always this really. There's this one angle where it's like not quite a three quarter view of the characters, and they look like they're just like leaning all weird on the track instead yes, of yeah, like being they, straight yeah, on they're, it. They're like they're like tipping over in their car. Yep. yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's terrible, and um. We also uh, got announced uh, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Here, here A Link to the Past 2 um, for the 3DS. And here, uh, Nintendo just called it The Legend of Zelda. They don't have a subtitle yet. In mm-hmm. Japan, it is called... Um, well, in Japan, that was called... Not A Link to the Past, it's called Triforce of the Gods. So, it, it is called Triforce of the Gods 2 in Japan. They're not fucking around with it. It, is, it does have the 2. Um, and uh, it does... It's overhead view. But it plays a lot with the third dimension where things are kind of flying up in the screen and Link's, like, bouncing off things and sort of jumping up into the camera view and, and stuff like that, which is, which is kind of neat. You know, it's a little, little gimmicky, but it's a decent gimmick. Um, the, the actual gimmick in this game is Link turns into, like, hieroglyphics or some shit. It looks like, looks like the, the art more from, like, like More like Hyrule glyphics. Uh, huh? That was bad, but you know what? It was a good bad. It was a good bad. I will give it to you. I will give it to you. It it actually looks like the art from like the Wind Waker story intro. It really does. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can go flat up against the wall, like you go, you like you basically become like hieroglyphics on a wall, and so you can slip through cracks and around walls and stuff, and just navigate puzzles this way, Um, which is which is kind of neat. Here's the game looks decent. It looks way better than that stupid. Crap, we got on the DS. I didn't like those games. But, um, here's my problem. Number one, A Link to the Past really didn't rely on gimmicks. Um, you know, someone on Twitter told me, well, at the time, like, maybe it seems trite now, but at the time, A Light World, Dark World was a gimmick. And I'm like, well, I guess, but I don't think it was, it just doesn't seem on the same level as the, this, this hieroglyphic kind of thing. Um... So you take in a game that is beloved by people, and it's a it's a it, it is probably the the last two D Zelda game without really any gimmicks, and um, you're gimmickifying the sequel. Like you're not only are you making a sequel to this beloved game, which you, you better get right because people adore it. You know, you're sort of adding like, oh, watch how when Link deflects bones from these Stalfos, they fly up into the camera. And you know, David during, Cage is making it. <laughs> so much emotion in these bones, and um, they're like smiling. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 skeptical about that, and it seems very puzzly. It seems very, you know, a lot of people cite the puzzles from Zelda games as like this component, but like the earlier Zeldas really didn't have many puzzles. They were just mazes where you killed things. They were not. There really weren't that many puzzles. There were secrets. But not really puzzles. Until you play the second quest. And then you just literally have to bang your head against the wall to go through walls. <laughs> but, even though, but even those aren't puzzles. Like I said, those are like secrets. They're not really puzzles. You're not trying to figure... You're not trying to like figure things out. You know? Well, you're, you're trying to figure out how to make your way through the damn uh, levels. Right, but which, which comes back to it being more like a maze rather than trying to solve things. You're not really... Sol- eh, it's, I, I'm having a tough time articulating the difference. I'll admit that. But... You know, I think it's more maze-like rather than trying to solve things. 
No, they look at the past has some good puzzles. Link to the past there, has, definitely has more puzzles than the NES. No, 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 I know, I know, but I'm saying there really up. wasn't Everybody a... shut up. There's that level with the ball that you have to, like, move around different floors and, like, get it in, like, different things, right? you got to figure out how to do all that shit. Wasn't... It's very, are you talking about Link's Awakening? Isn't that Link's Awakening? awakening? Is it? No. We are in the Eagle Tower where you have yeah, to... Yeah, where you got to knock down those pillars. Oh, man, is it that game? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, Ice Dungeon in Link to the Past. That's puzzly, right? There's there's some puzzle. No, I mean I, I I shouldn't say that there are no puzzles. I mean the first game basically has no puzzles, and I don't really think the second game really has very many puzzles either. And no. the, the Link to the Past definitely had more, and so did Link's Awakening. But still, even then, like I think if you really examine those games, there there really aren't that many puzzles. I mean, Eagle's Tower is a very good example in Link's Awakening, sure, but that's. That's probably like the prime example. You're not really going to find too many other things that are like that. It really wasn't until Ocarina of Time. I really think Ocarina of Time introduced the concept of puzzles. Well, puzzle heavy anyway. Not introduce the concept of puzzles, but like really relying on puzzles. You know what I mean? As a primary uh, component of Zelda. Mm-hmm. And um, so seeing seeing so many puzzles come from a game that really wasn't reliant on well, not so many, but we really saw very little footage, and it really seemed like it was reliant on puzzle solving. And most of it was that red blue switch puzzle stuff, which has been around forever. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. But I, I thought they like used that the whole the red blue switch things in like awesome ways, like uh, making them lift up high enough to walk along them in the in the hieroglyphic. Uh, form or to use them to elevate yourself to different floors. I yeah, thought that was I mean, cool Link's stuff. Awakening already did that too. You had to walk uh, on that Link's Awakening. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Did. Yeah. I don't think you could in the Link to the Past. I think that kind of like stunned you and like moved you somewhere else. Like if you fell down a pit, if I remember correctly. I don't think you could actually do that in Link's Awakening. But in Link to the Past, you definitely could. Yeah. There was a lot of hammering of whack a moles and like, I didn't using like the way the hammering. The hammering was too heavy. I feel like I would get a headache. From the hammering in that game because it's so forceful, it's so slow, and like, <laughs> boom, it, it is. It, it really is like it, it's not a quick, smooth action. It's a very heavy, forceful action. The hammering in that game. I thought it looked good. I don't care about your whole gimmick talk, Craig. I think it looks decent. I just, I'm very skeptical. I just don't think it really seems like a strange. It, it, it we only saw a small bit, you know. I'm obviously I'm basing everything I'm saying off what we see. I saw a little more footage on YouTube. Not just from the Nintendo Direct, because people have played these games already. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. footage on YouTube. And even, I mean, I saw, that, that's Tower of Hera, right? That's got to be the Tower of Hera. And the footage yeah, I saw. It's got the, I think it's got the same boss at the end, too. It's yeah, like a mobile yeah. one. So, I mean, I basically saw a good chunk of the Tower of Hera. And um, I'm, I'm basing most of how I feel off that, but it just seems like a, 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 a strange follow-up. It seems more like modern Zelda. It seems like rather than trying to follow up A Link to the Past and following to the Past thematically and mechanically, it's just sort of saying, guys, it's A Link to the Past, and really slapping on these modern uh, Zelda, I don't know, components onto it. And I don't know how I feel about that. It would be one thing if it was an all-new Zelda and it had those modern things. But try, but like follow, but following up A Link to the Past that, is, that doesn't really play like that with these things just seems strange to me. Mm, all right. That's fair. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying you have to agree, but I, I don't think that's an unfair assessment. No, I think that's a fair assessment. My my biggest concern about the game is that I'm, I'm worried it's going to be too too much like A Link to the Past, kind of. 
I mean, they've said it's it's set in the same world, and you know what we've seen of the overworld is you know exactly pretty much shot for shot. Yeah. Um. You know, and my my personal favorite thing about Zelda games is, is exploring the world. Yes. So. Not having a new overworld is, you know, a little disappointing to me. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, different in some ways because, you know, if you have different dungeons, you know, you're going to have to have the world laid out a little differently to, so you can't access anything right from the get-go. Um, but beyond that, I mean, the dungeon is, you know, a, redesigned, but it, it is the Tower of Hera, and you see, you know, the same boss. So I, I hope that there's more, you know, some new new areas kind of, yeah. and new, new bosses I, I think- and stuff. I think it'll open up like with familiar yeah, shit, like oh, this is too. remember Link to the Past. This is it, and then it's gonna deviate in and some then it's way. Be like, and then the overworld's gonna be like twice as big, and it's gonna be like boom, motherfucker, we expanded. <laughs> we're in a, yeah. we're an imperial nation now. We're just overtaking everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so- my my hope is that because they're trying to you know play on that you know everybody's love for Link to the Past that that that's mainly what they're showing right now, but. It's it's definitely a concern in my mind, at least so far. So, and, and another concern I have, and this is a minor concern, I'll admit it. You guys are going to laugh at me because I, I, I'm not one to put too much stock. I mean, I did when I was younger, when I was like 16, but nowadays I really don't care about Zelda stories because they're all fucking stupid about ghost trains and shit. Like, I don't care. <laughs> um, but, like, why the fuck would Link be in the Tower of Hera again? He did it. That was a trial that he was put on to get a pendant. It doesn't. Why would he be there again? Craig. When you resurrect the king at the end of Link to the Past, he turns evil. And <laughs> shit goes down. You should have never, like, said Ganon was right all along. And I know the timelines change because Hyrule's story of fucked a lot. I think that timeline's garbage. But Link's Awakening was supposed to be a direct sequel to a Link to the Past. Link left. He went yeah. to Coaland. Like, that's. He was gone, so. I mean, he doesn't like, go there. He got shipwrecked. Oh, yeah. He was coming home. Mm-hmm. He had already been somewhere. Who the hell? He went, whatever. He went to... He went shopping. He went mm-hmm. to the Indians. <laughs> he went to He went to America and said it was his. Like, this is mine. I, I finally <laughs> arrived. And then he poisoned all the Native Americans. Um, He's all, you, what are your names? He's all, we're the Navajo. No, you're Gorons. <laughs> you're Gorons. <laughs> I shall call you the Kokiri. Um... But, but where does ancient ancient stone tablets fit in, guys? I gotta know uh, how this timeline works. <laughs> nah, I mean that's that's part of the reason why it's, I feel like the timeline's garbage. Because I mean, if you read the like the Link's Awakening manual, it it pretty much references Ganon's death at the end of a Link. To but the Craig, what, what does the Japanese manual say? <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Supposedly, there is some kind of timeline that they have internally at Nintendo, right? Like, well, so they released it in the Hyrule Historia book, but it's garbage. It's stupid. Like, so it doesn't make any sense. No, that's because like, what if me. Link failed at this game? What if he failed at any of the games? Like, why would that be? Why would that be a legitimate split? I don't even understand that. I, so, I don't trust anything Nintendo says about the timeline because nope. there was a point where they said that Link's Awakening took place like during Zelda Two when he sails across <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> that was that was on their uh, their stupid Zelda Universe website. Yeah, the Zelda. Yep, yep, yep. None of it makes any sense. And like I said on Twitter, you know, I I feel like I feel like Zelda games should be like. Like an old grandfather telling his grandson a bedtime story every night. And every night he just fucks it up and remembers the details wrong. He's like, tell me the one about Zelda again. He's like, did I tell you about the one where there was a great ocean? And, like, <laughs> and, and that was it. Like, I just, I just kind of hope some of them obviously follow each other. But I just kind of thought, like, they were just, like, similar legends that kind of got retold and stuff over the years and got all fucked up because some old dude screwed it all up. I thought that would be way more interesting. But, nope. That's apparently there's a timeline. There's there's a thing. It all makes sense. Your water has a green hat. 
<laughs> you just got to look at the fruit and and you'll know everything. Um, that's about it from the Nintendo Direct. Is there is there anything else I'm missing? Probably, but I don't mm-hmm. remember. Whatever, that's what we want to talk about. Do you guys have any other news? I'm sure Andreas does because he has all that mainstream crappy news no one cares about. You well, let me that? let me check out onpause.org. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. That sounds like an awesome site. We talk about everything but Nintendo. It's really interesting. <laughs> they basically do. I would, I, when I was on their show, I would talk about games and they would be silent. They would have nothing to say about <laughs> games. We would go, like, get a coffee or bake a cake. Uh, I don't know, man. Lately, lately I've been... I, I don't know. I, I posted some stuff. I post a lot of trailers lately. I didn't talk about too much. He's like, yep, got a trailer. I'm throwing this up. Yeah. Every once in a while, I you know get up first and I get some hits. No, um, I don't know. Like the Mikami game looks cool. The new game oh, yeah. from Oh yeah, what was that called? The Evil Within. The trailer looked like berserk. Like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea. You know. Have you, have you watched the trailer? I've heard about it, but I haven't seen the trailer yet. Should I go to onpost.org and watch this trailer? Yeah, we embedded the IGN exclusive trailer. So. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Title generator to make your, your title for that post. What's that? What'd you say? Should have used the IGN ti- uh, article. Title generator? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I try to keep a little originality, and <laughs> I just regurgitate that one headline that wasn't used in that way. No, I, the trailer looks like a guy is building weapons of sorts, some kind of defense in, in like a saw type of environment. You know, he's like in this weird warehouse and then they show all these crazy, weird, scary villains, like a dude that's wearing a box as a head. Uh, another chick that comes out of a pool of blood with like eight arms it's really freaky and weird. I mean, you guys can watch it at some point, but they, they haven't really released much information besides the fact that, you know, Bethesda is publishing it. And uh, Shinji Mikami, who founded that studio Tangle Gameworks, I guess it's called, a while ago. I don't know if he put out a game before with that studio, but uh, the, the latest I've heard was that, you know, Bethesda opened a studio for him. And I guess that's what he's been working on. Is this the game that was codenamed Zwei? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I have not seen this new trailer how, how at is, all. How is his How is his pronunciation on Zwei? Uh, Zwei would Zwei is the correct pronunciation. It's you're just making noises to me. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you Rosetta Stone does pretty good stuff. <laughs> <if you have. laughs> I think I think I pronounced the W as a W, which is my main mistake. I should have known. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine, like a yeah. V. It's a V. Mm-hmm. See, I got it right. I'm, I'm I'm multicultural, motherfucker. I, I pretend like I, that shit's cut in half. You I should have known from like Spanish, pa- Seth. I should have known from Panzer Dragoon. I don't know what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, that was Panzer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> I don't know what it is with Japan. They love the German language. Like all the Xenosaga games are like the wheels are mocked and it's all just. German. It's the deep-rooted, you know, relationship of attacking the Allies together in the 1940s. <laughs> I th- no, I think I think it was even before then. I was reading. I actually, my my love for Japan goes deeper than video games. Like I actually have like college-level textbooks that I read. And I'm not kidding. For like fun, I'm like, oh man, yeah, no shit. Um, no, I know you do. Yeah. But no, I think there was some relationship with 
Germany at uh, at some point early on. Probably back when they were fucking up China, Mancuria. Just but, doing it big, you know, just taking over the world. I think I think they modeled some part of like their government after Germany or something like that. I think this is what it was. Yeah, Obviously, these college-level textbooks are doing me wonders because I, I remember so clearly. It's so vivid. <laughs> right, yeah, I was going to say it's working well for you. Uh, another funny thing that I, I found was a story on, you know, you know, Ridge Racer, that game that came out, the Drift one, that really did really bad. Wait, there was a Ridge Racer that came out? Like, uh, not, not, just... not recently, but like last year or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I vaguely, because like no one was talking about it. It came out, it was like Ridge Racer, and then it was gone. Right, yeah, and it was some other studio. It wasn't like a Japan studio making it. It was like a Western studio, and it didn't sell at all. It was like you could drive through buildings and weird shit. <laughs> and that game didn't do well at all, so now it's going free-to-play. What? On, like, yeah. PS3? It's going free-to-play on consoles? Yeah, on PS3 and PC. It's, like, the weirdest thing I've ever... How are they ever monetizing heard. it? I think you can buy cool drifts. I don't... I, I actually don't. <laughs> Want to drift normally? Well, you can do that. But if you want to drift in style through buildings, listen. Listen, I could pay money for my driver to be Kazurai, shouting "Ridge Racer" as I go around corners. <laughs> I would, I would pay the full price of the game for that. That would be cool. Yeah, I would Ridge pay. I would pay for that. Ridge Racer, can you imagine? You go around the corners. It's Ridge Racer. <laughs> oh my god, be perfect. Sold. Look, I don't think there was that much news though. I think everybody's holding holding stuff back for uh, E3. Yeah. Nintendo's did, like, fuck it, we'll do a direct. I don't know, did you guys discuss the... Yeah. Did you guys discuss the whole Xbox Live, Xbox Always On thing? Yeah, right here? yeah we discussed that. Yeah, yeah. so that's just regurg- regurgitating, but it's that's a crazy thing, you know? We don't really know what's going to happen with that. I mean, no, Everyone's speculating, everyone, I mean, we got a... Well, I say we, I mean me. I got a little impassioned on the podcast. Um, you know, I got a little worked up, but obviously it's all speculation, and, and people are genuinely angry over it. Like, I was just getting worked up because I was talking about it, like, mm-hmm. but people are actually genuinely getting angry about something they know nothing about. Right, because somebody, you know, runs with it, and, and there was some evidence, I guess, that the, the always-on was on some of the development kits. Yeah. Uh, well, there was know, speculation. Think- this is interesting. This is interesting, because uh, Microsoft did a trial run of a subsidized 360, where yes. you get it for really cheap, but you have but you have to subscribe to live monthly for like what yep. a year or two years something like that. Two years, two years. Yep. And what happens is the the three hundred and sixty, you know, dials out to somewhere at Microsoft monthly to make sure that you're paying for that. If you don't, it locks the console. Mm-hmm. So there was some speculation. This is really interesting that Microsoft that was a trial run basically where Microsoft will offer um, a subsidized Durango that's mm-hmm. always online. So instead of checking monthly, it would constantly know whether you're paying your bill or not and then the question is is that a skew where the always online is required versus one where you buy it and exactly exactly and you know what that 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 would actually be that's actually kind of interesting and as long as there's an option not to be always online i don't think it's gonna be a problem but that Mm -hmm. would actually pretty be pretty interesting that that's some interesting speculation i think i'm all for on you know always on but I know that not everybody has a reliable connection. Also, what if, it, if there's a server outage? You know, like right. it's just too. It's you you just don't not... have to worry about developing nations and, and countries right. where their speeds are crap and they have data caps. I mean, there's just way too many variables. Because I said the same thing. Like I, to me, it doesn't bother me in theory. The problem is just way too many issues that could come mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. that would block me from playing my game. 
Right. So I can't wait to finally hear about it. Supposedly we'll hear like in May, like before E3, like they're going to hold like a behind closed doors thing or something. Yeah, I, I heard that rumor too. Like basically just to get the cat out of the bag before E3 so they can focus on all the game announcements at E3. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come up more or less what Sony did, I guess. Which they, I think they should be doing. I mean, Nintendo does these Nintendo Directs. Sony had their event. Microsoft was basically like, here's Gears of War 7. We know you right. really wanted to play this. I'm wondering if Microsoft has something that they know is like better than you know anything else I that has been seen. So because the 360 was my preferred HD console this past generation. I really liked it. And as much as people rag on Microsoft versus Sony exclusives, I liked like stuff like Alan Wake and Fable and Viva Pina. I liked oh, yeah. Microsoft's exclusives. But in the past like couple of years, I'm saying, what the fuck shit. are you all doing? What are you doing? Like, I, I, I just don't understand. You're concentrating on all these stupid services like glass and stuff that no one cares about. You right. haven't really invi- reinvigorated your, your exclusive IPs. You're focusing on Connect, which sells like gangbusters in, in all fairness. But who, you know, they're, they're hardcore gamers that like the real core audience for the 360. No, they don't use it. And, and those are the people that are now looking at the PS4 because they know right. that exactly. it's coming and you, they're I mean, excited you're losing, about it. You're, you're going to lose the audience that made you. Exactly. It's dangerous. I mean, I think they tried to prolong the life of the 360 by distracting everybody with the uh, with the connect. That might be true. And, but, you know, like you were saying, all the good studios are probably working on Durango stuff. Uh, yep. And then... Hopefully they have a big launch lineup that I, I actually the, is good. The, the dangerous game that they're playing right now is really more their silence than anything else. Yeah, like, silence isn't good. Because the good. 360's just been, I mean, what has it had? It's had? It had Halo 4, and like that's, as, as an exclusive, it really hasn't had much. Right. Know? No, there wasn't There wasn't much at all. You know, in, they, in the last like year or two. I mean, there's some There's some arcade stuff, I think, that was exclusive. That's, that's But even that's gone down, right? Like right, this, yeah, exactly. They had, ar- they had really cool arcade games, and now Sony is like hitting out of the park with their digital light lineup. Right, yep. So it, it's worrisome as well. You know, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. They're, yeah, uh, they're, not, no, they're not in an enviable position, I will say that. So, like I said, they either have something big or they're just pooping constantly in their pants. <laughs> they're just wiping the offices in like Seattle because <laughs> it's poop everywhere. <laughs> it's like one of those cruise ships. Oh god, <laughs> there's a shit everywhere. All right. So that's 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 it. That's about it for news. Then we good. Yeah, we good. All right, cool. Let's talk about some games we've been playing lately. Uh, Andreas, you're the guest. Why don't you go first? Okay, so I'm pretty. I told you about this over uh, a Facebook the other day. I'm pretty privileged that people believe that I do good enough work where I get stuff from publishers, uh, like review codes and stuff like games, which is nice. We used to sometimes get those. We used to get. I didn't keep up, I didn't keep up with that. That that's, that's a tough game. Like once you get into it, it's really easy. But breaking into it is a lot of work. And I was like, "Fuck yep. this! I'm just it gonna takes, buy this shit anyway." Like, what the fuck do I care? So I stopped. Yeah. I stopped doing that. It takes a lot of sort of relationship management. It does. It does. It takes a lot. Yep. There's a lot. Of you have to stay work. on the radar. Yep. And like you said, I think I've, I've hit critical mass where, you know, for us as a smaller site, you know, enough people know who I am and and what we do, and you know, I guess. They believe that on pause is a real website, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you tricked them. The ruse has it's worked. Gone over. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's been cool, you know. And it's a lot of the PR people are actually pretty, pretty neat and pretty cool people. Oh, they that, are. They're really, they're really cool people that really do. I mean, they are PR people, but they really do like games, right? And I you can really for the PR people. Like you get stuff from like, I, I don't like what is that? What is that generic one that sends out like a million things all the time? 
Oh, the blast emails? Yeah. Um, and then there's like some crap. Is it reverb? Reverb, yeah. Reverb just blasts things all. And I always feel bad for these poor people that have to shill, like, the stupidest garbage ever. I know. It's really and sad. And I'm reading these emails, and I'm like, you poor bastard. Like, that person just goes home, like, Eeyore. Like a storm cloud <laughs> over their head. Right, microwave microwave dinner every yeah, night. Like, yeah, I, I had to write about an, another another you know Pokemon ripoff iOS clone <laughs> with microtransactions. Yeah, yeah, that's my life. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, so so they I've got a code for a game called uh, Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. So I've started playing that. I can't talk about it, but when, when you see the trailers, like. That's what it is. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> so, so, so basically, you are going to talk about it. So, we, so we're going to quote Andreas Rothbaum on Pulse.org. <laughs> no, the yes. Blood Dragon is amazing. <laughs> I don't think I get in trouble for saying that, but we do. We like, do have a pretty decent sized listenership. I don't think any PR people listening to it, but I know They're I don't think anyone's going to throw you under the bus. But believe it or not, like like five to six hundred people listen to this podcast. What are these people doing? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> It's uh, but uh, Blood Dragon is like you know they took Far Cry Three and they slapped you know nineteen eighties uh, action hero on top of it with a, a whole lot of you know sort of winks and uh, homages to understanding that they're making a game that makes fun of itself and that I, I mean I don't want to say too much because I do kind of want to adhere to the the uh, NDA but. It's it's been. And just, then you want to direct all the traffic to onpause.org instead of the TV list podcast. It's we like, have a trailer so for your exclusive review. Why don't you head over to onpause.org? What is the embargo? Like, when can they read your review, Andres? I think it's May first as the embargo date. So, so basically, have, the release date. Why do they do this? I hate that shit. I don't know. Yeah, it's dumb. Dead Island Riptide. Uh, Riptide. I also have, which I'm playing. Um, Andreas, is it true that you could win a copy of Dead Island Riptide oh, on Onpause.org? It's funny you mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that. Yes, you can come on to to Onpause.org, and it's probably you know tagged up pretty high on the uh, on the feed there on the blog that we run at Onpause.org. And all you got to do is you know leave us some comments on the Facebook page, and then you you automatically enter to win for a copy wow, of it's, Dead Island Riptide. Andreas, Andreas has it in pretty good with Aubrey. It is pretty easy, you guys. Wait, but my teeth just had like right that blink. So, so, yeah. so how many? So how many like backhanded compliments did, did you have to give Aubrey to get that extra copy? I just talked dirty to her. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to sound like a misogynist. Probably like that. It sounds like Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> she writes the best PR emails. That, they're uh, hilarious. It's almost like you know, Deep Silver knew what they were getting into, like by hiring her. You know, when when and she like, starts fucking, just fuck it, whatever. It's the perfect publisher because they have, you know, like uh, Saints Row and Aubrey. It's like the perfect combination. Oh, yeah. That. No, yeah. I didn't even think about that. But Aubrey would, Aubrey would be perfect as something for Saints Row. She, dude, she's nailing it. It's ridiculous. I, it, it's it's awesome. She has a, a few other people working on her staff that are great. Um, what else have we been playing? Riptide. Uh, fuck. Did you Sacred play? Did Citadel? you play Knife of Dumbwall? Because I don't think that I think the embargoes up for that. People are doing reviews for that already, right? Yeah, yeah. I have actually. That's on the back burner. I have not have time to play it yet because I didn't. He, like, here's the kind of thing. It's always tough to juggle. Like sometimes you don't get shit and it's dry forever, you know. Yeah. And then and then it, yeah, it, and then it gets and then it rains and then you know of course yeah. you have your jet setter day job. So exactly, how can you possibly exactly. fit it all in? <laughs> Yeah, so it is hard, you know, being me, you know, it's, uh... Can, can you talk it's, about Riptide? Can you say anything? 
Riptide? Yeah. No, I think it's embargoed until the 22nd. Oh, okay. I see. 22nd, really? Yeah, 23rd. Tomorrow- Actually, no, you can say it because... What, how, yeah, we won't we won't post this. Craig like fucking takes like five Craig days to post this shit up. Anyway. I, actually, so when when is the embargo? The twenty second. So that's tomorrow. So I'll I'll put this podcast up tomorrow. You can so, okay. So tell us a little bit about Riptide. So Riptide is you know gameplay wise is a lot like the first Dead Island was, you know because obviously you know Dead Island came out what like last year or and, and, and you know it's a sequel so I mean yeah. that only makes sense. Right, and it's, so the gameplay didn't change that much, I guess, but it's been made a little bit more streamlined, so it's not as annoying. Because well, I heard, I never played the first one, but I heard that one could actually be tough. Like, I heard, like, you can be, like, swarmed, and there just wasn't enough, like, yeah. the health pickups didn't do enough health to, like, make up for that. Yeah. Is, and, that, is and that true? Was, like, it was a little unbalanced? It was imbalanced at times, but you have to like know when to run and when to fight. You know. I see. So is that is that is that communicated a little bit better in Riptide? Is there a better balance? In there's a there's just I mean in terms of communication, they just t- like in the loading screens, right? Like typically they tell you, <laughs> <laughs> nice. oh hey, uh, don't don't you shouldn't get swarmed by zombies. You know, it's not good for your health. <laughs> you better run. As as you're like recovering, you know, you as it's reloading the from dying. You do things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but overall, like I've had a lot of fun with it so far. Like I haven't beaten it, you know, because obviously I don't have a lot of time. And it sucks balls, even though I got it early. But I really enjoy, you know, being able to run from the zombies when I want to, which you can, you know, even though sometimes like your stamina meter goes down and then you're just like really slow. So you have to like pace your bursts and make sure you upgrade your tree properly. Because there's still that that whole progression system, you know. The one cool thing, though, it imported my guy from Dead Island, so I already came with a with a leveled up person oh, into the you, game. Did you start cool. off at that original level, or did you just start off slightly better than you would have been if you started off? Cold? Uh, I'd have to. I mean, I started at like level 19, so my guy was really leveled up because he just, wow. you know. Did it scale? Did the game scale to that in any way, or were you wa- just like fuck everything and just you just blasted through the? Beginning? I couldn't. I couldn't Rambo it, so uh, I'm assuming it does scale. Like the enemies soak up more. Oh, okay, I see. It, it, is the game structure the same as the first, where you just take a bunch of like missions from uh, uh, NPCs in an area before yeah. moving on to the next area? Yeah. So far, it's been like that. So far, I've been sort of you know. Okay, so I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I think the trailer is kind of already talked about this essentially you finally get off the island in you know dead island one you get rescued and mm-hmm. you land on this on this boat which you think is a military navy boat but some shady shit goes on there and you get stranded on a new island which also has a zombie infestation this one's the island where they were breeding the zombies <laughs> exactly and this island like I think they were experimenting, you know, the government was experimenting how to cure this whole thing and essentially said, okay, this island is going to be our breeding ground. But <laughs> I guess that just needed an excuse to, you know, figure out why there's zombies. But there is uh, some enemies that are just like, you know, the big the big berserker enemies, like they're still really, really tough, even when I'm, up, I'm leveled up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a few times where I'm getting swarmed by zombies. I'm, like, in a pit of zombies and the big fucking berserker guys there. So I just kept dying over and over, you know? Yeah. Right. How, are the, how are the environments? Because in the first game, I liked the first environment, which was the beach, and I liked the last environment, which was the jungle. But mm-hmm. I didn't really like the city or the sewers or any of that crap. 
I haven't encountered any city sewer type situation. It's like what you what you're describing. Like it's beach and jungly. It's like a mix between the two. All right. Like swampy, jungly. Yeah, those, yeah, those are my favorite areas from the first game. So. Yeah, it's and it's pretty. I mean, it's still a pretty game. It's a little, you know. Obviously, the engine is a little dated and stuff, but the game is, you know, is fun to play and it looks good. Like I've I've enjoyed it so far, but it, it, I can definitely see people getting frustrated with. Uh, with the combat, because you have to be very careful about, you know, what weapons you use and how you approach the enemies, because... So, I mean, is it sort of like like Dark Souls or Monster Hunter in that way, then? You think that, I mean, is that maybe not a direct comparison, but, you know, mm -hmm. somewhat similar in that regard? Yeah, you make a good point. Like, especially the big berserker-type, you know, enemies, you have to really... Like, you can hear them from afar, you know? They make some kind of noise that indicates to you that this is not a regular zombie. This is, like, a big fucker. And you can, like, choose. It's almost like a big daddy. It's like you can choose to get in that area and, and beat him and get some kind of reward and, and clear that area out. But you can also totally avoid him, which is nice. So when you don't feel like sitting there and, and try to survive and try to kill somebody at the same time, which is annoying, uh, you can just run past them because they're typically not fast. So, I mean, forgive me, like, I, I have, I'm pretty, I'm a little ignorant about the first game. I only heard things, uh, some online, some from Seth, I haven't played it. Now, is there a way to, like, do you do some backtracking? Is there backtracking involved in the game? Uh, there was a little bit of backtracking so far. Is there a way uh, to, like, clear out or at least reduce the number of zombies to make that, like, less tedious? It seems like you can reduce the number of zombies, but there always is zombies that pop okay, up. Okay, that's, I can, yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's respectable. I mean, you don't want to, like, run through, like, open nothing, so reducing right. is, is a reasonable compromise. And, um, it took me a while, like, to learn the fact that I could run past certain zombies, so at first <laughs> I, like, wanted to kill everyone, and then you run out of ammo and stamina and health, and then that's stupid, right? So, like, how do you play this game? This is impossible. I can't kill everyone. Well, it's like Dead Rising. I mean, video games train you to, like, oop, there's there's something. I, I better I better kill it because that's what right. I do. And you have to just ignore that and, and act like a real human being who would run from fucking zombie horde. <laughs> but there's some really cool weapons in there. You know, a nail gun. I don't know if that was in the last game. Nail gun's fun to use. Um, and some just, like, ridiculous weapons, like a hatchet that is being heated up by, like, Bunsen burners. So it's like a hot blade. And it just slices people's heads off. Nice. There's some really, really cool weapons. And uh, I, I just like zombies, so I'm, I'm really into it. But again, there's some level of frustration when you have to, you know, fight a big dude. And sometimes you have to fight him because you have to free a guy that's being held behind bars that are protected by a big, like, zombie berserker dude. And then you're like, oh, really? I just died seven times. Can you just, just let me pass? I, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's maybe a downside, but I've, I've been enjoying it so far. Right on. Cool. Uh, let me think. What else? Uh, Sacred Citadel, I haven't started yet. but Now, what is looks... Sacred Citadel? I've heard about it. See, I played Sacred 2 Fallen Angel, and, and I like that, you know, for like a sort of old-school-ish, you know, dungeon crawler, Diablo-esque kind of game. That that was that was pretty good. Um, what is this Citadel? This is a, like a lead Sacred... into Sacred 3, right? It's yeah. It's it's. A, I think it's a leader, and it's connected to you know connects the games. This one is like a side uh, side scrolling brawler game. So it's not Pass. the typical. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not your typical uh, sacred game. I see. I see. But Sacred Three is going to be like. I mean, I never played the first Sacred. I never even heard of it. But that, that's supposedly supposed to be like Sacred Two, right? Yes. I might. Yes. I might be. On, when is that supposed to come out? Because that's Deep Silver Two, right? Yep, Deep Silver game. Um, so when, when is Sacred Three like? 
slated for? Well, the last update was 2012 that they said it was coming out 2012, but I think they delayed it. <laughs> so, oh, no kidding. I'll just, I'll just mosey on down to GameStop and pick that up. Yep. You should be able to get a, a GameStop clerk will punch in this computer and say, oh, can I sign you up for so, some so new games? Or the... Sacred Citadel, which means that they're, you know, Sacred 3 is still a thing, but they haven't updated the release date and the release date's still 2012. Like, you're going to release <laughs> this connected tissue game, but you're not going to get, you're not going to update information about I, the following. Yeah, and this is not, I mean, this is not official information. This is based on, like, a Wikipedia I just looked at, but <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing, like, a release date in, or in, in an email that I got either. So I think it's just like a limbo. Like it's if it's not out. coming out this fall, I mean, that, that, that it might as well just not come out because the new systems are going to be out. And I mean, not that everyone's going to jump ship immediately, but it's just sort of like, well, why bother? Yeah, I, I would right. imagine it probably comes out like late this year. If I had to guess, I mean, because otherwise then you lose the momentum of the Sacred Citadel as well. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I want to say they timed it in a way that it kind of leads in. Right. You know? Okay. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So sometime this year probably makes sense then. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, there's still going to be a lot of games, like you said, that have that you know weird crossover right. PS3, PS4 thing going on. Like, uh, a lot of games, actually, because they just can't lose out on the revenue. Because yeah. only only a few hundred thousand people, maybe a million, will have the you know PS4 or Durango by, by the time all these games hit this fall. It's true. But, I mean, but like I said, they also have to release it soon, because then you lose the momentum. I mean, I don't know how much, not to sound like an asshole, but I don't know how much momentum Sacred Citadel is really going to generate. But uh, if they are trying to generate momentum, you're going to lose it if you don't release that game soon. Right. I mean, typically, I think it would be this fall. Yeah. Because, I mean, like like, Fable Games did the same thing. Like, Fable Games released, like, they released, like, like iOS or browser-based or, like, Xbox Live Arcade games, Mm -hmm. where, like... You know, you could like win items or gold, and then that would transfer into Fable Two or Fable Three. And again, those came out shortly before those games. I mean, it just wouldn't make sense to release them way before, right? Like a Dead Space comic thing that came out. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's another game I haven't played yet, dude. Dead Space Three. Anybody like that game? I have no interest. I thought Dead Space One was 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 interesting. It was it was definitely like it was an interesting like mashup of like horror and action. I think it towed the line really well. Two and was definitely action. more action, and it really yeah. had a. Everyone's like, "Oh, I love the plot." I'm like, "This is like a cheap like county fair haunted house. This is not a good plot." I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but I mean, I liked it well enough. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was amazing, but it just. To me, it's been a downward trajectory, and then I saw the trailers for Dead Space 3, and I'm like, nah, pass. Yeah, it's on my shelf. I, <laughs> I haven't played it. I haven't played it. It's sad. Uh, Bioshock, I mean, did you guys play Bioshock? The uh, Infinite we, version? Me and Chris have talked about that extensively. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about the ending and everything? You spoiled it on here or no? Did we talk about No, we really didn't talk about the we ending. We didn't go into spoilers, I don't we, think. We, we, I mean, you sort of... We, we, we did you didn't, know, you didn't talk about the giant cake kind, at the you end. You kind of need to talk about <laughs> things to kind of have that to have the conversation without going. You know the thing that happened after that other thing. Like you to have a conversation, you have to slightly spoil things. But um, I didn't think it was going to be a prostitution ring. Like I didn't realize <laughs> <laughs> it really got me there. <laughs> oh man, I did do a lot of research on that game afterwards, though. Like. I went deep on off the deep end. Yeah, I really wasn't super into it. Are you usually into stories in games, though? 
Fuck no. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hate stories and games are so bad. <laughs> I don't know if you're being sarcastic right now. No, no, no dead, he dead is serious. He oh, is okay. totally serious. I think they're garbage. Um, well, this, this, I guess this story was... Well, tell us your opinion, because I'm not going to... You know, I spent, like, like three hours last episode talking about it, so just tell us what you think, and that that's cool. I'm not really going to... Okay, well, I'm not going to spoil it here, because obviously this is one of the games that you don't want spoiled. For. I would be hugely pissed if some dude came on a podcast that I listened to and just fucking spoils the game. So I'm not going to do that to anyone. Uh, I thought, though, that, you know, Ken Levine doesn't do anything without a purpose and I think that he thought about everything he wanted to put in this game very very deeply and to me personally I think he did a great job with uh, the story of course like uh, you're just you saying know, that because you hope you, you hope he buys you drinks again right yeah I mean that's <laughs> if Ken's listening I romantically reason. have a still feelings for you Ken and I hope <laughs> well, that Nate we Wells can rekindle so irrational I don't care I know, it's so weird. I saw him on, like, a The Last of Us. Walk. I, how long were he and I talking at that last party we went to? Nate Dude, Wilson and I were talking for a while. Yeah, we were, we were chatting for probably, like, a good hour about dogs and wheelchairs and stuff. <laughs> I was talking about game, narrative in games with Nate Wells. I don't know what the fuck you were talking You were jibber-jabber. <laughs> Cliff and B's over there. Cliff and B's over there, Andreas. Why don't, you, why don't you go talk to him about dogs and wheelchairs? <laughs> Oh, the narrative with the wheelchair dog. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you weren't going to spoil the ending. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. You know, for um, those that don't know where that came from, the dog and the wheelchair, actually, Irrational Games, like, uh, was that on the back of our t-shirts? Yeah, they dog, had, dog I, I, I don't know if it was an hour It's actually there. a dog with no hind legs, like, in a cart. Like, yeah. like, it's really a cart. And actually, the funny thing is, that was, that was actually, the Big Daddies had tons of different incarnations, the original Bioshock. One of the incarnations was basically a dog in a wheelchair. That was that was what a big daddy was. <laughs> that didn't yeah. make any sense. And that's where that comes from. Dog in a wheelchair. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Um, fuck, I'm totally derailed. Oh, Bioshock Infinite. Um, I, I, I thought, like, the combat at one point was, like, a means to an end for me to explore the rest of the story, which I kind of was sad about. But overall, like, you know, to me, it was a great game. I scored it really high. I loved it. And I had a boner for, like, two days. At least. That's just because you want more review copies from 2K. Oh, Everything has an ulterior motive when you want this. <laughs> no, I genuinely was really excited about the game. And I, no, I, no, did I, re- I, I really did a good job of avoiding any spoilers at all. Uh, otherwise, I would have been pretty pissed. But I thought it was a great attempt at making a good, mature video game story that actually requires you to use your intellect versus, you know, follow the guy over there with the arrow and then shoot the guys over there with the red arrows. <laughs> I really enjoyed the story in the game. I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, the shooting gameplay, I think, um, was the weakest part of the game, which is unfortunate because it is a game. <laughs> right. You know, I, when I finished it, you know, it was one of those games where, you know, the or one of those things, like this happens to me with, you know, movies and, and books and stuff where I'll, I'll finish it and I'll say, wow, you know, that really turns the way you think about things in this world on its head and it makes me want mm-hmm. to like experience it again with that knowledge but being that it's a you know 12 hour shootathon it's not something that I want right. to go back and play so I, I did really enjoy the story but yeah. um you know the leading up to the ending I was less impressed than I was when I finally saw the ending so right i think that that they avoided the the terrible ending of Bioshock 1 Right, I mean, they avoided having that arbitrary boss fight 
thing. Yeah, like, that was yeah. bullshit. That was terrible. See, that's that what I don't of... get. See, that's what I don't get. Like people talk, people hated that boss fight in the first Bioshock because it was too gamey. But that's all Bioshock Infinite is. Bioshock Infinite is a gamey fucking game, and not a very good gamey game, I don't think. Over I love and over, the world, it's basically though, yeah. Bioshock's boss ad nauseum, and everyone's like, "I fucking love it. I'm going to jerk off to this game every night." And that's what I don't get. Like, how can you hate that kind of thing? In the first Bioshock, and then the, the, the Bioshock Infinite is composed of that entirely. And you think like, it was, I, I, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't say it was entirely that boss fight. But yes, I, I know what you're saying. I think it was too shootery, and I think they had to make that game shootery because they wanted to sell a lot of copies. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, I, I, yeah, the world is beautiful that they created. You know, the the dynamic, the the various views expressed in that game, they're very, you know, challenging if you want to, if you want to get into that conversation, right? Like, uh, like other games don't do that because they don't trust their players as much as that game does, I think. I like exploring uh, the world. I think the world, the world, see, part of the problem with having, like, because with, with Bioshock, Rapture was destroyed. There were no really, like, too many, like, non-splacer humans in Rapture. Mm-hmm. So in Colombia, I mean, it's still Colombia is still a functioning city. It's so hustling the, and bustling when you get there. So it's, the, it's so as the it was. problem is, everyone feels like on display. They just sort of spout things. They say like one line to the air and then just fall silent. And you're like, it just feels like a museum display. Like I went, I was at like a. Like, like, holy shit! Oh, fuck was that? That was smoky. That was um, smoky. Um, but I feel like I'm at Chuck E. Cheese and I'm seeing the animatronic fucking rat on stage, like singing and dancing, and then he just stops, and that's and it. And that's the I feel like a yeah. lot of the city felt like that. I, I think you're right about that, but I chose to play it like they wanted me to, and I just listened and walked away and, and imagined that they would continue with their conversation. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> 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 that sounds really dumb, but like I, I kind of like created my. The perfect experience, right? Like at least story-wise, I think. Fair enough. But but gameplay-wise, you know, a lot of times you were supposed to use all those cool tools that they were giving you, but really, a lot of times I just gamed the shit out of whatever area I was in, and I didn't really use the sky, the skylines as the much as I should not, have. They were they weren't very good, I don't think, and I don't think the vigors were very good either, because none of the vigors were like offensive. Like none of them were like offensive capabilities. Like you had Devil's Kiss. But by the time you get Devil's Kiss powered up enough for it to have an effect, all the enemies are armored or motorized patriots or whatever, and then it doesn't do anything. So mm-hmm. then you're sitting there doing stuff like Bucking Bronco or Undertow, which are not, or, or the Murder of Crows, which aren't offensive. They just stun the opponent, really. Like, most mm-hmm. of the vigors that are useful just stun them, and then you shoot them to death. It just pew, 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 and that's... I did, I did use the Undertow one quite a bit, though, especially on, the, on, the, on those uh, Zeppelin sections. When you well, we would pull somebody, very yeah. at the end there. Yeah, so I just pulled so people in and then I pushed them off the edge. Instead of fighting like an intentionally designed battle with like three splicers that feels like an event in and of itself, you're fighting like 87 dudes that are football. I didn't like that way. either. I didn't like that either. There, there are certain things that weren't handled. Like it was too easy of an excuse to all of a sudden turn everybody on you. Yeah. Just well, that because was another of... problem. That was like a problem. Like like everyone praises the story, and that's that's fine. I'm not going to talk anyone out of enjoying the story, but like. It has all, like, these heavy themes that just don't go anywhere. Like, case in point, like, the whole race thing. And Ken Levine's like, well, it's not a game about race. Well, that's fine, but you invoke a very heavy subject like that. And then you turn around and then you end up shooting all the black dudes. Like, that's how you inject that heavy theme and then you're just, then next second you're just murdering them. 
So yeah. where did that theme go? Why, why was that important? Well, it wasn't. You just you, They just ended up being another enemy type. The weird thing is, like, I know a lot of people left that studio because they... But they rebuilt that game like three or four times. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. I thought people left because they were unhappy with the game. But that maybe that's just me justifying my dislike. For uh, it. No, I think there's truth to that. I think some people were just worried that you know Elizabeth wasn't going to work, and then the game wouldn't work. And some people just didn't want to be associated with that risk. Or Elizabeth was one of the few things I did like in the game. I really liked the ending. The ending was really. You know, even if the story was kind of messy, like, that ending felt really, really good to be a part yeah. of. And I I also really liked Elizabeth, because um, there's, there's just a number of great things about how she was handled. There's mm-hmm. a lot of criticism you can aim at her, too. Like, like just, like, there's a point in the game, like, early when I said press X to express emotion, that's basically what you do in this game. There's, like, a point, <sighs> literally, we have, press X to comfort Elizabeth. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. Cool. I think we haven't quite figured out a way to do that organically. No, 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 no you're right. Yeah. You're right. But I, I, I think I think trying to do it like forcefully that way is not a good idea either. They should have nixed that. Right. I it's almost like you wish you had seen what the game was before, like what you know Well you, you can because it was actually changed pretty like some of those earlier trailers it's yeah it it looks similar like to the point where like your brain probably doesn't remember correctly how different it was Mm -hmm. but a lot of those a lot of those trailers like the one we just saw like a year ago was very different like columbia was already people were already like using vigors and they were already like fucked up it wasn't normal when you got there It was more like rapture Mm -hmm. it wasn't decayed but the people were fucked up and they were like I mean, the fact that parallel worlds plays a part in the story is not exactly a, a spoiler that's pretty well known, uh, considering tears play a part in the central gameplay mechanic. But, um, you know, those people like... Flickered. What? I know, weird. <laughs> those people like flickered in and out of existence and stuff because they were flickering between worlds. Like there was just... To me, like it almost seems like some of the ideas they abandoned, especially if you look at the official art book, because they had some really cool ideas in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ideas they abandoned, like, felt like they made more sense to me. Like, it's so strange you can buy, like, something as powerful as a Vigor in a vending machine, but nobody uses them. Nobody... But you're the them. only one using you're it. You're the yeah. only... There's a couple people. Like, there's, like, the Crow dudes and, like, the Fire dudes, right. but no one's I love really... the Crow dude. He was a great enemy. I mean, I just like playing that sort of little combat scenario when he popped up. Yeah. Nobody's using Vigors. It doesn't make any sense. So they actually had, like, artwork in the book that showed, like, people who abused Vigors, like, what they would look like and stuff. They actually right. had, they actually ran through those ideas. Like, a lot of the criticisms I have of the game, they actually consider, and they're like, nah. And I'm just like, that's your decision. I mean, that's your artistic direction, but it doesn't really jive with me, so. If, if I'm, like, Ken Levine, like, the game creator, and I realize, like, the questions that we're asking here, like, he could probably answer them all, you know? Oh, I'm sure they, he can. They no, have to ship he is a game. smart guy. Like, he's not yeah. a, he, you know, despite the fact that I'm disappointed with Bioshock Infinite, I know he's a smart guy, and I know he considered a lot of these things. Right. Uh, but, but my question is not so much, like, is, it, it's not, you know, like, did you consider this? It's like, why did you leave it out? Why, that to me seems like an important part of the world, like, mm-hmm. vigors. Like, why does he drink this? Maybe because things? it was easier to leave it out than explain it. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's... Uh, I think most people gloss over that shit, you know? It's really people like us that are anal that will talk about it. And, well, like, that most just people, comes like, back to into... what I was saying, what I said on, like, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, but it just leads me to feel like Bioshock Infinite tried to do all the things that Bioshock already did, but Bioshock did them better. 
Yeah, it's really hard to live up to that game, right? I mean, even yeah. now, if you played that, it, it's probably going to be the one you remember more fondly of the two. But, I, I mean, I, Rapture was just such a insane concept. Even the City yeah. in the Sky couldn't quite match that. Yeah. Even though I love that whole, you know, the, the whole theme of how that worked and, and how they made the city float. And I loved, like, the Lutesses. They were some of my favorite characters in a video game ever. You, you know, the, the two guys just, the two people, yeah. just kind of, mm-hmm. their banter and the way they fit into the story. And I thought that, I, thought, I didn't think that was a pretty interesting concept, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So some of the things done in Bioshock, I think people will copy, you know, in terms of, it, I don't know, it's just, it, it's just something that I didn't see before, some of those things. Or maybe I just didn't realize they were there it before. It was nothing if not ambitious. Yeah. yeah. I, I can really appreciate that. I can appreciate in that Bioshock Infinite they they tried to, you know, in in the original Bioshock, it's really cool the way you see Rapture after it's fallen, and I can appreciate that they tried to show Columbia like while it's in its prime, and you know you exactly. see all the citizens and stuff, but it, it definitely could have been handled better. You know, I remember saying on Twitter as I was playing, um, you know, I got to a new area and I'm walking around with my gun and like nobody cares. Right, and yet, like five minutes ago, they had all been chasing me around for being the false shepherd and all of that. So, my, my favorite part was the tooltip that said, "You know, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't fire first. Not every situation needs to be a fight. I can count like maybe one or two situations that weren't fights. Yeah, that's a that's bad advice because you're gonna be like, yeah. hey guys, what's happening? I'm not firing for you. You're gonna get fucked up because everyone wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in in that regard, I can understand why everybody wasn't using Vigors all the time, because maybe that, that wouldn't have fit in with the world. But, I mean, a, as you play the game, there is definitely a point where it could – they could change that, and it, it doesn't. So, I yeah, think yeah, that – There's a point, it. exactly. You make a really good point. It, there was a very clear point where – Something happens that allows. There's a civil uprising in the game. We know, you right? Know, it's the Vox Populi. We know, and that, that's that's what's weird to me. Like, there's a civil uprising, and these guys are running around with 1912 firearms instead of hurling fucking lightning bolts at each other. That's so yeah. weird to me. Why are you doing that? They didn't have enough money. Not enough uh, <laughs> eagle. eagle <laughs> They're just lying on the ground. They picked up half the vigors off the street. What are you talking about? Elizabeth should have tossed coins to them. Right. There was a few. Another point, right? I mean, we're really nitpicking, but it has to be said. Sometimes Elizabeth is not exactly happy with you, but then after that exchange is over, she's like, hey, here, I get know. this. Get Booker, this catch. <laughs> hey, some help. You need this. Press X to catch a motion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we can leave it there. I mean, it is a great game that I think it was so ambitious that it couldn't succeed. I almost want to say, yeah, you know, you're entitled to your opinions. You think it's great. You think it's, I know I said I'd shut up and I totally didn't, but I'm not trying to talk you out from enjoying your game. I want to be clear about that. No, I mean, you're wrong, right? I mean, that's just how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Ken Levine. So suck it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. And I just realized before we go on, we didn't do listener feedback. We'll get to that after we talk about games we've been playing. It's been such a long episode. I'm like, yeah, it should be about time. We talk about games we've been playing at this. No, definitely not. We got another segment. <laughs> All right, we we can move on. I, I I can't really talk too much about the other stuff that I've been playing because it's top secret, super extra special sauce. All right, right on. All right, uh, Chris, what have you been playing? Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, I got fuck all to talk about. Um, I've been playing all the same things. I've been I've playing Toki Tori, guys. It's really good. You press <laughs> A to do this and B to do that, and it's really good. Okay, cool. Moving on. <laughs> wow, Craig. Wow. <laughs> I guess I'll just leave now. Craig can just say all my segments. 
I'll make the fart noise at the end and everything. Well, I got you, you covered, go. Chris. No, don't tell me you've been playing, Chris. No, the the only thing I've really been playing this week is I'm still playing Guacamelee on hard mode, and it is fucking hard. It's not a very um, easy game on normal. I don't. I mean, it's not it's not hard on normal, but I don't think it's very easy on normal either. There's some challenge there. Yeah, I, I I don't feel like I had too many problems with it on normal, but on on hard mode, I'm definitely having some trouble with these these kill rooms. You know, where you got the enemies in in one world and in the other. Um, I, I don't know if they're, if they're faster, <laughs> or I mean, I feel like it's more than that. They just have have more health. I feel like they're faster or something. Um, you know, because I know we mentioned last week that um, you know the the time after you get hit, the recovery time is is not not huge it's in normal. Easy to get so. juggled, yeah. It's very much the same in hard, but I feel like maybe the enemies are faster or, or something, so it's definitely challenging. I mean, there are some where, where I feel like it's good because it, it encourages you to, you know, use all your moves. You have to, like, dodge and stuff, um, which is good because you don't want to just button mash. But, you know, there are some where it just definitely feels a bit too hard, um, which I, I really wasn't feeling that until I got to the Jaguar fight, which we mentioned last week. Um, but... I'm enjoying it, but it's it's definitely a step up in challenge from from normal, which on the one hand is good, but sometimes it's a little frustrating, and, and I feel like it could have been handled better. Um, but everything else I've been playing this week, we already talked about, so let's move on. All right, cool. Seth, what have you been playing, man? Uh, I got my super rare treasure game on GBA, Tiny Toon Adventures, uh, Scary Dreams. This game is not very good at all. It okay, is, so you're uh, saying I shouldn't pay a million dollars for this game. You should not pay. I mean, if you want to own a rare game, then yeah. If you want to own a rare game that's not good, then no, don't buy this game. Um, it's a, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up, and it's uh, it's, a, it's a strict 2D plane, so you can't like move up and down like you can in like, Streets of Rage or Final Fight or anything. Um, you get basically get placed on these... Uh, what do you play as? Like beat him up in tiny tunes? Like I don't understand. It makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, you, you play as Buster Bunny, and for some reason he has boxing gloves on when he punches. I don't know why. And he's just ruining people's shit. That's like he is just—it's not even people. Like it's just like animals, like different fucking like snakes and like jaguars and uh, birds. I don't know like what any of these things are. These aren't like tiny tune characters. These are just fucking like animals that they threw in this game. That's kind and of. And you're just beating them up for some reason. For some, uh, it, there's a story, but it's a it's scary stupid. dream. He has to fight off his nightmares. Like the, there's there's like story screens, but they like cycle through like so fast you don't have time to read anything. It's I don't very know. Complex and Freudian. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> uh, it is. It is. It's very. It's uh, it's beyond your level. Most people wouldn't understand this stuff. I mean, like Montana Max creates a dream raid. This, this is just fucking blows your brain. You can't you can't understand this stuff. Montana Max. <laughs> um, you you get you could choose like a partner character from like seven characters uh, like Babs and Hampton and Plucky Duck and all that shit, and you could like call them in at any time to help you with your brawl, and they like perform an action real fast, and then they disappear. They have their own health meter though, so if they're on screen, they could like take damage while they're performing their action. Um, the combat's actually like pretty decent in this game. You got like a five hit combo, and you that you can perform on the ground or the air. You could do like an uppercut that knocks enemies into the air. You could do like a straight blow that knocks enemies into other enemies. When you punch an enemy into another enemy, that uh, the enemy that you punch them into takes damage as well. So you got like this whole system where you're just like hitting enemies into each other, and they're just bouncing around all over the screen. It's pretty neat. Um, how does the, how does the engine handle that? Like, how does it handle all those sprites? Not uh, it it 
can do like up to like four or five enemy sprites okay and then like any more than that and then it, you just get like a fucking slideshow so, you, so you're talking uh, about code of princess territory at that point yeah yeah pretty much um the, also like the the enemy sprites just come in like all different sizes it'll be like normal size ones and then there'll be like the exact same sprite they just but, mode like, seven it that's what you <laughs> they, just taking up half the screen but it's like the exact same amount of like pixels the pixels are just gigantic now <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I don't I don't know. Uh, the uh, the backgrounds are boring. They're just like fucking just flat ass backgrounds with no personality. The foreground is just a flat plane, and that's the main problem with the game. Like it's the exact same shit that you're doing at the beginning of the game as you're doing at the end of the game. The levels are just boring. There's no interactivity with anything aside from the enemies. Uh, they like try to mix the shit up later on. Like there's red enemies, and when you're punching them or whatever, they don't uh, take stun damage so their animations aren't interrupted they can still just hit you whatever so what you want to do is like hit and other enemies into them to kill them but it's it's fucking boring you're just doing the exact same shit over and over like usually when you say oh mario you're just fucking jumping the entire time no but like level design changes there's new challenges all this literally it's like the same crap through this entire game just sometimes Uh, they get bigger sometimes they get bigger (laughs) um you could do like uh, like Street Fighter type inputs, like a little Hadouken type move, and then the attack button, and like Buster will bust bust out a shopping cart and start running over people. <laughs> it's like he's like invincible. Like you have a super gauge, like on the screen. Like the more you beat up enemies, like the more this gauge fills up and it goes up to like nine stock, and then you could like spend those stock to do special moves. There's only two special moves, and I don't know. It's dumb. You could like do special moves with your char- with your partner character too. Like I'm saying, the battle system is not bad. There's just no variety at all throughout the entire game. That's a shame. It sounds uh, like, yeah, it does sound like it has a decent battle system, and it just totally squanders it by ruining everything else. Yeah, like there's no personality in like the in the enemies. There's no personality in in the levels. It's just it's just wasted. It's wasted. I hear the battle system is actually similar, somewhat similar to the Astro Boy game on Game Boy Advance, which was a lot uh, better, well received. Yeah, I've heard good yeah, things that's, about that's that one. Game. That is a good game. I like that. So I hear that this is sort of like the precursor to that. So I think. Uh, but I haven't played the Astro Boy game. I'm gonna have to tr- check that out next. It's expensive. Be- I didn't pay a lot for. It. I got mine's box. I didn't pay a lot for it. And uh, but it's it's hard though. Like I feel I feel like it's a pretty tough game. I, I, I'm gonna have to try that out to see how it compares. Uh, but no, nah, the game's dumb. The boss fights are like annoying, and it's <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, Treasure. I'm very disappointed in you. I hope you enjoy but- your hundred fifty dollar dumb game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the music is just ass. Like, I don't know what. I don't know. Like usually, I either like don't pay attention to music. It's just in the background, or it's like, oh, it's all right. But this music is just fucking god awful. Like takes a special brand of music for me to realize how bad it is. It's just noises. It's fucking noises that sort of sound like an American cartoon, but not really. <laughs> I, uh, it's not music. It's noises. It's nice. noises. It's like noises pretending to be music. It's like <laughs> it's like somebody described music to somebody else, and they're like, "Oh, is this how it's done?" No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that game's not good. It's not a good game. Sounds like um, a good, good game. <laughs> sounds awesome. Everybody should buy this game. It's it's really cheap. <laughs> uh, what else have I been playing? I, I finally beat Jackal on the NES. That really isn't game. that hard, is it? It's hard when you're playing two player and your partner sucks and they just start stealing your lives. Oh. And that's how I. Were you playing, how I were you playing with Brian? 
no, no. I, I, I used to play with my one of my friends, and I used to play with my brother too. And they just always end up stealing all my lives and all that stuff. I finally played it solo. And I was able to beat the game by myself. So yeah, I don't think it's that hard. I mean, usually when I play my my siblings when I was like younger, like we just dicked off anyway. We're like we're just running dudes over. We didn't fucking care. But it doesn't it doesn't get hard until the very last level. Yeah, I think. the la- the last level does. Yeah, the last level is pretty challenging. I I, I just I guess because I I finished it by myself and I don't remember it being like that hard. But I never tried playing it. Like I never tried like actually finishing the game two player. We just screwed off. So. There's, like, one of the problems with the game is uh, there's, like, four levels of your special move that you got. It gets, it's a grenade, and then it's a missile, and it's a missile that shoots out, like, two little fireballs, and a missile that shoots out four fireballs. Yep. The problem is that the grenade is better than the two middle uh, power-ups. The grenade can, like, go over walls and shit and just hit people on the other side, where the missiles that you get just crash into the wall crash, and don't do yeah. shit. So you... Really, like it's you're kind of like stuck in between while you're waiting to level up to that most powerful missile. Then when you have the two middle ones, it's just not as good as the grenade from the beginning. And also, you're a slow ass jeep, and the bullets move faster than you, so you gotta like dodge out of the way like really damn fast. But no, I I finally beat that game, so fuck it, I'm never playing it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> took me like twenty years, but it's fine. Uh, that's all I've really been playing. That's new. So, Craigie Poo, you could go. I've been playing a few things. Uh, I played... Uh, oh, right. Yeah, right. Yawn. I played uh, Pandora's Tower. Uh, I'm going to get some coffee, guys. See you later. Um, I've already talked about Pandora's Tower because I've already, I've already played the Japanese version. Um, it's, an, it's an action game. It's not an RPG. It's often lumped with, uh, you know, Xenoblade and The Last Story. It, it doesn't. It's not really like them. I mean, I don't think Last Story and Xenoblade are, are very similar, like, at all, but at least they're somewhat in the same genre, whereas... Pandora's Tower really isn't. Um, it's a bit of a janky game. Like, the controls are kind of rough, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's a really unpolished kind of clunky game. Um, I think I'm enjoying it more this time, though. Uh, I haven't played a lot of it in, in, in English. I, I just finished the first tower just to play a little bit. I didn't really have much time. Um, and I, I kind of enjoyed that first tower more this time. Um but it's definitely a weird game. I don't like the voice acting sucks, but you have to like feed like they call it beast flesh. You have to feed like, you know, flesh of like these enemies that you kill to this girl so she doesn't so she doesn't get cursed. And mm-hmm. flesh from like generic monsters will just stave off the curse. You actually have a timer and you have to like leave like the towers to like go back and like give her like flesh you have on you. And you have a limited capacity like inventory too, so it's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, so you, and, and stackable items, like you'll have like three like elixirs or whatever, and that count towards like your overall like 30 or, well, you can increase it, but that counts. Like it's not just one, the, the, the elixir doesn't count as one. It counts as like three items out of X. That's dumb. So it's not like slots. It's just like actual item amounts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even though they, they appear as stacked, like you go in there and say like elixir three, it doesn't say elixir, elixir, elixir. It's like elixir three. So you feel like, oh, it stacks. Like that counts as one. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. That counts as three. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a whole like item crafting system in there. Like you can make better equipment and stuff like that. You could, you collect the components, but like you really have to go back and drop them off in the chest because you can only carry like X amount of things. You can really basically have to like, oh, I got my fill of like garbage from this tower. I got to go bring it back and might as well feed her some flesh or whatever. 
Um, so it, 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 what, what, uh, women, you always just have to like bring them beast flesh, right? I know. It's like, Jesus <laughs> These relationships are so complicated. Can't uh, live without him. Can't live with him. You know. Yeah. You <laughs> said beast flesh. Uh, so, you know, the game's not bad. It's really this strange, imperfect game. It's going to jive with some people. I think some people are, are, like I said this before, really know what you're getting into with this game. It's it's really not that expensive, and it's worth a look because it is interesting. But if you're, if you're going and expecting, like, Last Story or Xenoblade, you know, really examine the game again. It, it, it doesn't, it's not what it's like. Um, but no, it, I, I am enjoying it more. I would say it's definitely at least worth a look, if not a play. How long is this game? I n- I didn't finish the Japanese version, so I can't say. Um, I was playing you- it off and on, and then I had half of mine I- import like the European version. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to play through this. In- I'm not going to struggle through this in Japanese, like being able to read like every third word, and <laughs> and you know continue playing it this way. I'll just play it in English. And then I didn't import that, and then, like, oh, XC's like, by the way, we're bringing it out. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine, I'll wait for that. So I still haven't finished it, so I couldn't say. I, I need to look up the links, because I might start this up. I need a, I need a short game to play, because I'm still fucking playing Lords of Shadow, uh, Castlevania game. That I don't think long. it's that long. I mean, there's 13 towers. They, they grow in complexity, and they, in, they actually intertwine. Like, the exits and entrances kind of intertwine, like, later on. But, I mean, like, you know, early ones aren't that long. Like, the first one... I mean, if you're just going straight through, if you just like, there's not a, there's not a lot you really have to explore or go over in that one. And it's just like you're you're blasting through that in you can get through that in like 20 minutes, half an hour, and that's the first one. It's basically a tutorial anyway. Um, but they do grow in complexity. But it, it's different because in Japanese, like obviously, I'm like struggling to like figure out what this thing says. I'm like, okay, I understand that, that, and oh well, I have no idea what's going on right now. Then so. Um, Japanese games take me considerably longer, so I'm not a good, I'm not a good measuring stick for that. All right, um, but I don't, I can't imagine it's very long. I don't feel like it's a long game. All right, I'm gonna try it out. Um, I I also picked up uh, Shimigami Tensei uh, Devil Summoner Soul Hackers, and otherwise known as Soul Hackers, and um, I played a little bit of this in Japanese. I didn't play too much of this game when I first got it for the Saturn. I, I felt overwhelmed. Um, my Japanese is not strong now, and it was definitely weaker then. And I'm just like, this is a fuck ton of text. I have, and then of course, then there, there also, there's also, you know, like vocal stuff. So I'm just like, nope, nope, can't do this. Don't know, don't know what's going on right now. Um, so this is like a dungeon crawl. When did this originally come out? Like, like ninety four, ninety three, something like. That. It's well, maybe not that. It's not, crazy, Craig. Saturn came out in like ninety five. Did it really? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, now I am shooting too early then. Yes, yeah, somewhere like 95, 96 then. Yeah, I, w- I had a feeling I was shooting too early there. Maybe even a bit later than that. 96, 97. 96, 97 found, sounds about right. So, um, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a first-person dungeon crawler from like 96... Japanese first-person dungeon crawler from like 96, 97. It's pretty fucking tough. Like, you're going to die. Like, there's... The, a lot of this relies on luck and chance. Um, you recruit demons like you do in a lot of... Mega Ten games, and it's all through, like, dialogue. So, like, some demons, you want to tell them what you think they want to hear. Like, some of them, you kind of have to, like, sound like an asshole. So, like, some of them want you to lie to them. Some of them, like, reward humility. And um, some of them will join you. Like, they'll join your team like Pokemon, you know. And But some of them, like, will just leave the battle, and you're like, oh, thank God, because this guy's going to kick my ass. Uh, some of them will give you items or money. So, um, like, it's interesting, because some of them, like, you'll talk to one demon... 
and you'll do an action. Like this is this is how random the game is. You'll talk to one a demon, like a particular demon type, and you'll choose an action, and you'll get rewarded for it during that during the dialogue. And then you run into it the next time, and you pick that same action, and the thing will fucking kick your ass for it. And you're like, well, how am I supposed to see? That's my problem with it. Like. I understand the random element is a key element. It's almost like Smash Brothers. You have to plan for the things you can't plan for in the game. I, I get that. But it's just so hard to learn. You know what it, I mean? It, it, you can't stereotype demons, right? It's just because they're the same type of demon doesn't mean that they're going to have to like this, react the same to opinions, right? Shut up. But my point is, is like you're supposed to be able to like learn from systems and mistakes in, in games. And it's just... How how do you do that when it's this random? You know what I mean. Like some demons won't obey you; they have different personality types. So you, you try to issue them command, they're like, no. Like there's a, there's like demons have a command called go, and go is just like do whatever you want to do, and then you don't have to worry about them disobeying you. They'll do something, um, but it may not be necessarily what you want. So you have to plan for that. You have to plan around like, okay, I want this demon to heal, but it might not heal, so I have to use this other person. So you feel like you're wasting turns almost. And it's just, it's really hard to learn the game with that so much random element in it. Um, and things will kick your ass from the get-go. There's not a ton of explanation for things, and things will uh, pretty much right away start destroying your life. Um, you can drop it to easy mode. Like, you can drop the difficulty on the fly, which is nice. Um I mean, overall, it's a pretty nice game. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's all right, but it's, it's, it feels a little dated in, in the kind of difficulty that it is. Um, but it's really weird because it feels like a modern. It feels like a, it feels like a game from 1997 trying to be a game from like 2013, but it's really a game from 1997. It's, it's so strange in how it feels. There are definitely things like these CGI cutscenes that look like 1997 CGI <laughs> cutscenes. And it's weird how they transition because, like, you'll have, like, this static screen. Like, it'll be, like, a static background, like, a, a character sprite, like, talking to you. And then all of a sudden, that, that static background that just looked like clip art all of a sudden, like, just transitions to, like, CGI. And then it starts moving. And it's, and it's like, this weird, almost seamless, sort of uncanny valley kind of, like, experience. Um... Which is, it's kind of neat, it's kind of neat to experience it for those things, but there, it, it feels modern but old at the same time. It's really tough to explain that kind of feeling it exudes, but interesting game. Tough game, but interesting game. Um, I've also, I also played this game, I read about it on the, uh, the Indie Games weblog, which kind of goes over different, like, indie games, like, browser games and, you know, Steam games or, or, or whatever, just these indie games, and it was called Dawning, it's on Desura. It's $3. Um, it's available for uh, Mac and Windows. And, you know, I've never used this server before. I didn't realize it had Mac games. So I go to download the client. It doesn't even have a Mac client. It has Mac games but no Mac clients. So How I, does that work? I don't know. This is, this, is why, this is my old problem with PC games. Like, it just feels like I have to take extra steps. Every time. This didn't, I resolved this pretty quickly. Like, the game, I was able to download the actual file for the game. But the game for Mac downloads is a .love file. Like, L-O-V-E. What? I, I have never heard of a .love. So, like, it, it, like, Windows is like, I mean, not Windows. Mac was like, like, OS X was like, I don't know what the fuck a love thing. I don't know. What is a love file? <laughs> So I had to, like, Google it, and Love is, like, this distribution platform or whatever for, like, indie games. So I had to download the Love application, 
And then I got to play. So, I mean, it really didn't take me long to do it, but it just, it's just annoying that I have to do these extra steps. There's no Mac client. What's a .love file? I Google this. Download the Love application. It's stupid. I just want to put a game in and play it, for crying out loud. I'm glad you found Love. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always for, knew you had it in you. I'm looking I mean. for .love in all the wrong places. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so Dawning is this, it's it's kind of a platformer, it has platforming, but it's it's more of like an adventure game, like, it's, the, the art is really strange, it looks like a dot matrix screen, it looks like, looks like, it's very distinct pixels, like, on, like, you would see, like, on the original Game Boy, and areas really only have a couple colors, like, there's very distinct, like, this is the green area, this is the blue area, really awesome ambient sounds, and you're just like this little, like, not quite a stick figure, but a nondescript little white humanoid figure, and um, the first screen you come to that you can really progress in, it's a broken bridge. So there's no text or anything. There's nothing really communicated in the game. So um, you, know, you sort of surmise, well, I got to, I got to build, I got to fix this bridge so I can get across it. And uh, so as you progress through the game, you find items to like, you know, you know, affect this item so they can move forward like you can in typical adventure games. And um, but like weird shit starts happening. You see like this weird like. I don't know, tall, like, almost Slenderman kind of pixely figure with, like, a, a square head. Like, the screen goes staticky. Or blah, 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 blah. There's, like, this weird warbly noise. You're like, what the fuck? You don't expect that. It's not anything that you would expect in a game like this. So, you, you know, you, it's really... There's really... There's no, like, concrete plot, which I kind of like. Like, nothing, like I said, there's no text. Nothing ex- is explained to you. So you're sort of just trying to figure out what the fuck that thing is, where you're trying to progress to... And then it gets really weird because, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but, like, when that thing pops up on your screen, because it will pop up later, and it'll stay there, and you don't want to touch it. You can, like, if you're, like, in the middle of a jump, like, you want to, like, whoa, you want to jump backwards because you don't want to touch it. If you do, you go to sleep, and then you wake up in a bed, and you have no head. Now you're just, like, this headless figure going through the game. You fuck, you don't want to do that. There's, like, there's a couple different endings in the game. You don't want to do that. Don't lose your head in this game. But then there are secret areas in the game. There, are, I don't want to give out. I don't want to tell you how many because if you check out this, like I said, it's only three bucks and it's very short. You can finish it in one sitting. Um, but there are secret areas in the game, and some of them are very strange and surreal and creepy, like really creepy. There's a weird, like almost like horror, unsettling like platform. It's very strange. And then you pick up these objects, and I couldn't figure out what the fuck they were. There's there's several of them. Like I said, I want to say how many. Um, because there's no indication where these secret areas are either. Like, you just... I found one by accident, and I started looking for them. And these objects are actually heads. They're, like, the heads that, like, you've lost. Like, you're picking up these fucking, like, like amorphous, you know, nondescript, like, heads. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this game? I thought I was just trying to fix a fucking bridge, man. <laughs> and, um... I don't want to give away... I got the bad ending the first time, and I don't want to give that away. Because uh, it was very jarring. There's nothing that's explained to you. Like, it's just a very brief cutscene. I'm like, holy fuck, that's fucking fucked up. Um, but it was a really interesting game. It's not hard. Uh, but it it was it was a really interesting experience. I was glad I played it. You know, this is one of these sort of, ex- you know, games that's based on exploration and these jarring themes without really any violence or anything like that for three bucks. You know, and I felt I felt that was worth it. Um, so that's called Dawning, uh, like, you know, Dawn in the Sky, uh, on Desura.com if you want to check that out. 
Um, and finally, I played a game. This is God, such a stupid name. Super Little Acorns 3D Turbo. On... This sounds like an <laughs> awesome game, Greg. <laughs> I play. This is on the eShop. This was an iOS game. I think it was called Little Acorns on iOS, but then they tacked on all this other shit on uh, for the eShop. Um, it's it's a it's a platformer. He plays a squirrel, and you have these these levels that are timed, and your goal is to collect all the acorns, or sometimes collect all the acorns and all the babies. There's sometimes squirrel babies you have to collect, and avoid enemies and then once you collect them all an exit opens up and then you go in and it's a you know you have a jump you have a basic jump there are a few power-ups one increases your speed like one makes you invincible and the other ability you have is to there are like nodes where like instead of double jumping if you hit jump again next to one of these nodes like you'll throw out a lasso and you can swing back and forth on it um which is kind of neat um but they're like they're like optional uh, goals you can do in each level. So obviously you want to get the acorns and the babies if they're there, and then get to the exit in time. Um, but you also there's all the one of the optional goals is to uh, one's one's a time one, one's a speed run. Fuck it, I've never done that. Um, another one is called Ninja, and that's if you destroy all the enemies in the level. And the other one like fruit something or other because what happens is after you collect all the acorns, then five pieces of fruit go out in the level. So then by that point, you're like, fuck, I got 30 seconds left. Can I fucking do this? And then so, like, it puts this extra pressure. You can run right to the exit and finish the level. But, like, then you're kind of like, do I want to push it and go for the fruit? Um, so that's pretty cool. Like, I actually – and the presentation's really good. And, you know, when you un- when you do some of these optional goals or whatever or collect X amount of acorns, like, you unlock, like, costumes. You got, like, a bowler hat or headphones or a tie or, you know, clown nose. Um, you can also unlock different options for, like, your rope. You can do, like, a rainbow rope or, like, a bling chain and stuff. So it, it's pretty neat. And there's a ton of levels. There's a lot of levels. So I actually, I, I, I you know, I was really digging this game. My problem is, is that it's a very fast-paced game. Like, uh, you know, you got the timer. Your character runs pretty fast. It has a decent height for the jump. You have the whole swinging thing, so you're swinging back and forth on these different nodes. But the, but the level design and the enemy placement is often not conducive to going fast. It's like it's like it's like a really bad Sonic game in that way. Like you want to go fast, but everything's fucking in your way and you can't. And that really bums me out because so it's like Sonic Rush. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cuz it's not that bad. Like it, it's actually a pretty good game, but just what really what frustrates me is like it's it, it gets knocked down not because for lack of trying cuz you you play the game and you know a lot of effort went into it. Like they really tried this development team. Um, but I just feel like they came up short with, like, the level design. Like, just the way the platforms are placed, or the way the nodes are placed. In some levels, they pull it off. Like, you can tell, like, wow, they, they kind of got this. But in most levels, they're just not placed well enough for you to get that sense of speed. Like, you should feel like if you're doing well, you, you know, when you're playing, like, Mario, like, one of the new Super Mario Brothers games, those levels can be designed in a way where, like, you know, you run off, you jump off that platform, then you spring off this water gusher, and then you bounce off that enemy, and then you hit this block. Like, you, there are a lot of those levels are designed to feel like you can do really well if you understand the level. Mm-hmm. That, that's not quite the case here. Um, one of the biggest examples is, I, I don't know if there's, like, a boss or what, it's, like, a race level. It's, like, the only race level I've come across so far, and I, so I think it was a boss for a particular mode of the game and I had to race a B to the end and of course like I had to race them to the end but like they still had the optional goals like destroying all enemies or collecting the fruit and stuff and I'm like how can I possibly do that in this level because this B's on my ass I can't I can't do it and the level's just not designed it's supposed to be a fast paced level but like you'll you'll get to an enemy and like some of the enemies are like B's and you can bounce off of them and 
they should be timed in such a way that when you, if you're going fast enough, when you, when you reach a B, it should be positioned, even though it's going up and down, the game should position that B that's, that's in a way that's conducive for you to keep going faster. They're not. So it's basically red light, green light. You get to that and you have to stop dead in your tracks and wait for that B to slowly hover into position. And the worst part is, like this particular part that I'm talking about here in this race, the, 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 the uh, platform that you're on falls from underneath you and it goes in the water. If you hit water, you automatically die. So like you're kind of jumping back. It's not only are you kind of like stopped, you can't really progress because you're waiting for this beat. You're kind of jumping back and forth so you don't fall into the water. So you're not riding one of these platforms down into the water. And it's like, really? Like who thought this was a good idea? This just doesn't feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I that really sounds like really the, bad. It's it, it, I I actually like the game, you know I do. It, but it's 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 just a pretty good game that could have been a really good game. It could have been one of those like really like out of nowhere gems on the eShop, and instead it's just kind of like well this is an eight dollar maybe one day. Um, I like it. I don't have any regrets. But man, I am really bummed out about that level design. That could have been that could have been way better because all the all the all the ingredients are there. You know, the enemies that you can bounce off of, the nodes that you can swing from. It's all there. It's just not tuned enough, you know? And it really shows that, like, things like that really matter. I don't think people pay attention enough to those things. And people rag on Nintendo for the rehashes or whatever, but they're really smart with those things. It takes, you know, creativity and some foresight to create levels that flow. And just not anyone can do it. But I will give them an A for an effort. That's for sure. So that's what I've been playing. Nice. And now we're doing listener feedback. We're, we're doing, doing it all backwards. Because yeah, we're going backwards. Let's try and wrap this up in about twenty minutes. Let's try to get this about uh, uh, you know seven seven p.m. here or you know cuckoo o'clock over there where Seth is. Uh, <laughs> if you want to get in on listener feedback, hit up tmulus.net. There's a section called tmulus mailbag. You can't miss it. Drop us a comment. Uh, it could be video game related. It could be you know movies or well, don't do sports. I was going to say sports, but fuck that. We can't answer that. <laughs> Uh, don't do grocery stores. I don't want to talk no, about let's it. Let's not talk about grocery stores. Uh, so first up, we have Daniel Hardy. He says, um, well, he says another question, so I think he was probably timing it for last episode. I didn't quite get it in time. So he says, ever think of getting the Microsoft XRGB Mini for your retro consoles? Or Microsoft. I guess it's not Microsoft. Um, Mycom. Mycom. Oh, man. That's just a disaster of words. I, <laughs> what the hell am I looking at? What is this thing? <laughs> Uh, I think it's like an upscaler. It's really or... expensive, but really useful if you have the spare cash. I, I guess I'm not. Um, no, I've never considered that because I've never even heard of it. Oh, uh, so deinterlacing, scaling, and processing. I see, I see. So it takes the picture and cleans it up for you. Um, I, you know, there are some games, particularly like early 3D games, where I feel like that would be beneficial because some of them look like garbage and they're really muddy and gross. But I kind of like that because that's the way they're supposed to be, you know. I think it's supposed to help uh, make these games not look extra awful if you're playing them, like, on an HD TV. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's helpful. That's, I mean, I don't know. How much how much does this thing go for? I didn't look at it here. It's, like, 500 bucks. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not... I don't think that's practical for many people, then. No. And, um, like, you can only order them from Japan or something. I see. I see. Nope. Never thought of that, and I really don't think that's terribly practical, personally. Um, if you have money to blow, maybe. But I have a CRT, and I play my retro games on that. Yep, same. Um, how about you, Doug Funny? He's we, gone. He left. Did we we lost we lost Andreas too? Oh shit! Maybe did we lose did we lose Chris? I mean, I 
I see Chris's Chris portrait is, there. Yeah, I still see him. I'm gonna I'm gonna add Andres back to the call. That's what happens when you record. How long are we going here? This is a long. This is a long episode. This is, good, this is like, a good episode, though. I like this episode. I'm you know I'm gonna say I like this episode. How, how long ago did we even lose Andreas? I don't know. I don't think he's even on Skype anymore. And where did Chris go? <laughs> I'm here. My dog is throwing up, so... Oh, okay. Thank, okay. <laughs> I'm we trying to clean up so... after him. All right, so feel free to jump in on any of these questions when you get back. Are you back or are you... Uh, I just stepped back. I'm going to step away for another minute and clean this up. All right, we're going right. to keep going and feel free to jump back in. Yeah, I'll be right back. Um, and Andreas is gone. We'd like to thank Andreas for uh, participating. Yeah, no, thanks for stopping by, Andreas. You want to check out onpause.org. It's, uh, it's a pretty decent site, and uh, he you can follow him on Twitter. He's at Racing Freak, as in someone who is freakishly obsessed with racing. So uh, he's a pretty cool guy. I like Andreas. If he doesn't come back, we're just like, he's dead. It's all posthumous here. <laughs> and, and he's good at hiding his German accent, so good job. Yeah, he's very Americanized, yep. Uh, Azam, Azam said, I'm glad to have Azam, good old Azam. <laughs> right. I'm glad Azam's back. This feels like, this feels like the, the good old teamless podcast that I know. Um, Craig, the site is awesome, but Seth should be the editor, uh, editor in chief of the site. Actually, it might be a bad idea since Seth would probably write an article once every six months and post an episode of the podcast every three months. So I don't know. <laughs> there is no, uh, we don't really have occasionally every so often I do, I do some, um, I do some written content. This is mostly for the podcast now. It's just tough to keep up with all those different things for me personally. Andreas just texts me. He says Skype's not working for him. All right. Anyway, what were you saying? I, I've been thinking of doing an article about like uh, my flashcards, but I don't even know how interesting that would be to most people. So you I don't know. Up. I mean, you know, a, a little extra written content, a little additional content. I mean, we do have the articles on the side there. It hasn't been one posted since January 19th. I was thinking of doing one actually about level design. The super acorn, super little acorns made me talk, made me think about wanting to talk about level design a little bit. So I actually thought about doing that. I'm like, that's going to take a lot of research. So... <laughs> I may or may not do that. I may do, like, a dumbed-down, stripped-down version of it because I really don't feel like... I'm going to sound lazy, but I don't feel like putting in the effort for it. But. So lazy. Exactly. Oh, this is why I'm not edit, editor and chief, as Sazam puts it, but... Uh, editor and uh, chief, yeah. <laughs> editor and chief off the site. I, yep. It does say editor and chief <laughs> off the site. That's... Hey guys, quit picking on his arm. Yeah, I actually, I actually clean up most people's, like, broken grammar and, and spelling when I read I don't pick up people, but... <laughs> Uh, that's fine. I'm lazy. Yeah, no, we had the option to do written articles, uh, you, you know, with the current design of the site. I've done a couple. No one else has done any. Seth, you can do it if you want. I know you won't, but you're more than welcome. <laughs> We're still waiting on that Batman and Robin review, Seth. Ah, all right. Uh, Batman and Robin. The Genesis game's like, okay, it's really great graphically, but it's like a, it's a crappy running gun. The Super Nintendo game's more in tune with the cartoon. Uh, but it's kind of like boring and mediocre, and the Sega CD game's fucking shitty. So there you go. All right, well there you go. Uh, um, Azam follows that up with: Is the Vita fucked, or is there a chance it can live? Oh, there's definitely a chance. Um, I don't think. I, I mean, it's like, is it really like a life worth living, though, Craig? <laughs> I think so. I think it's a really good machine. They just, you know, it's just everyone's rele- releasing. And everyone could accuse Nintendo of rehashes, but everything, like, most things worth playing on the Vita are just ports or cross-buys or what, I mean, you know, Sony's all like, you can play your PS4 games on it. Like, they just, they got nothing. They don't know what to, they don't know what to put on this thing, so they're just putting things from everywhere else. 
and maybe there that that'll reach sell systems. That's the right. problem. I mean, maybe maybe there's a slim chance that'll reach critical mass, and people will be like, "Man, this is a really cool aggregate machine where I can play a bunch of other stuff." I really don't think that's going to happen. Uh, they're going to need good original content, and by original, I don't mean like non sequels. Like you can have you know sequels. But they have to be Vita sequels. They have to be Vita games and not just something that was on the PS3 and you did a cross-buy or whatever. Sony seems, uh, like, not intent on really supporting the. It's like something that they just put out there that they hope uh, took off without really throwing support behind it themselves. They did the same exact thing they did with the PSP. Put out another powerhouse thinking the power is going to sell it. It fucking didn't. And now now they're shitting their pants because they don't know what to put out for this machine. They 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 should have like made a lot of even put some of their own studios or maybe even acquire some studios to make games just for the Vita and yeah. get yep. some sales because once sales start picking up and start selling then more developers will start getting in on it but it, there needs to be a, a jumping on point where where everybody feels comfortable supporting the system yep yep I, I mean and and here's the thing like and you have like any developers that are really interested in it. so like the the uh the playstation you know store or whatever could be a really interesting space on the vita just like the eShop is an interesting space for the 3ds the problem is like even a lot of things announced for that are again they're cross buys or they're ports like you have phil fish saying he's interested in doing fez for it. you have hotline miami coming out for it that's great those are all cool things but is that going to sell? Are people going to run out and buy a Vita so they can play like all like their you know three dollars Steam games on a portable? Is that? Yeah, but they're not system sellers. They're not. Right. They're great if you own the system. I plan on getting Hotline Miami on it. Totally. Yeah, same here. But it that's because I already own the machine. I would not. Yeah, go I wouldn't buy, buy it the for that. because like oh cool I can play my PS3 games and Hotline Miami on my Vita. It's not. It's not. It's not going to move it. Nope. And man, let me tell you, I did a, I did a, I did a video, um, in February about, uh, you know, it was a year that the Vita was out. So I, I did, I did a video for my, my Vita collection and I also shared my thoughts on the Vita, uh, after, you know, for the first year. And they're basically things I've said on, on this show. I like the machine. I think data management's garbage. I feel like Sony's in a tough position, but I like it, you know, and I like a number of the games. People, of course, because I'm not jerking it off, all these Sony bots are, like, downloading the video and, like, complaining on it. Like, one guy actually, like, made up words I never said and complained. How could you say the Vita's dead? I'm like, I don't know. I never did. I don't know why I would say that. <laughs> what video did you watch? Like, you're literally making things up because I didn't jerk off your precious system. I'm sorry. Like, I have a grown-up, nuanced opinion about this. Um, but, man, those, I mean, these guys, like, they're... The only one I can think of is delusional. They're like, just wait till Killzone hits. What? The people that already own it are going to play it. No one's going to buy. No one's going to buy this system for Killzone. No. You're in for a rude awakening. That's not going to happen. They're going to buy a PS4 for Killzone. They're not going to buy the Vita for Killzone. Sorry, dude. You you are mistaken. So um, Sony Sony's got to think of something. And I hope they do. I like the system. I mean, I may prefer my 3DS, but that doesn't that doesn't mean I prefer my 3DS at the expense of the Vita. I like the Vita. But they're in, a, they're in a tough spot. I hope that comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, David John Proctor says, Hey, fellas, not really a question this week. Just posting to say that, that the Nintendo Direct the other day caught me totally off guard. Kind of messed me up for my exam later that afternoon since I wasted a good hour watching it and looking, up stuff, uh, looking stuff up when my Twitter exploded. Uh, Dem localizations. Yeah, I hear you on that. No, that was a good one. They, that, was a good, that was a good Nintendo Direct. I'm really glad Nintendo's bringing over Bravely Default because 
I was looking like Square wasn't going to do it themselves. Yeah. I, I really so. like the art in that game, and I like the idea of the battle system they were saying that, like, um, you know, you can bide your time in battle. Like, you can set someone not to attack, so, like, the next time they attack, it's more powerful. But then, you know, you might get hit during that. You might, you know, it's a risk-reward kind of thing. So I, I kind of like the sound of that. It's like Sunbeam in Pokemon. Yes. Yep. Um, Portable Platypus says, What indie lesser-known games are you looking forward to? One indie game I can't wait to play is Radio the Universe. And he has a Kickstarter link here, which will be... You know, I'm going to start... These links that people drop, they get deleted, and I feel bad because we talk about them. So, I, you know, what? these links, I'm going to compile them, and I'm going to put them in the show notes for each episode on teamulus.net. Um, so, yeah, there's... I'm, I really don't have time to go through this here, but... What is this for? If this isn't for Mac, I uh, you can't expect me to care. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it's for. They should put, like, right up front, like, this game is for this. And they don't. So, yeah, they say, okay, pledge $10 to get a PC download. So I assume it's PC only. So he's looking forward to Radio of the Universe. That's a cool name. I like this. I'm looking at it like screenshots. It looks this cool. Looks good. Yeah, yeah, this looks awesome. I like the look of this. I wish I could play this. <laughs> I might kickstart this. Okay, get so Actually, I get. I feel like I've seen this before. This is zero seconds ago. It's been funded. Yeah, no, oh, I've seen this oh, before. Funded on January twenty third. All right. For, yeah, funded on January twenty third. Was was Mac in any of the stretch goals? Control F Mac. Um, I got the word machine. That's not. Um, I'm not saying anything <laughs> about a Mac. Nope. You can play it on machines. It is machines. my own fault That's for having cool. a Mac. I can't complain that, like, I have a platform that people don't make games on, but it's not like Macs are, like, in, you know, endangered species and people don't own them. Like, I don't understand that, but... Um, yeah, no, this looks like... Some, yeah, I do remember actually seeing this now that uh, I think about it, because this was funded way back in, like, January. Uh, yeah, I have seen this, and it does look pretty nice. This does look really cool. Maybe one day, Chris. Maybe one day. Yeah. Actually, what... Where- <laughs> Where where do I get this? What the hell? Um, like, I control F Steam on this page and I didn't get anything either. A lot of these games don't go to Steam. Like that's the problem. Like they they get funded and they're like maybe we'll get on Steam. Vote for us on Greenlight. Greenlight is a crapshoot. Greenlight's it was a good idea that's actually fucking stupid. Uh, no, very few things get through on that. And I don't even understand that. It's like ten months, ten months, ten games a month or something. I think that they do. So that's not a lot, like, compared to how many games are submitted. Like, I feel bad. Like, I hear Jules, I read Jules Watson tweeting about Mute Muds, and I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, why, why doesn't Mute Muds get on Steam? That's make, it's, it's a perfect fit for Steam. It's on iOS, it's on, is it on Desura? I think so, I don't know. It's on, you know, it's on the eShop, it's gonna be on Wii U. Like, why is it he can get, why is it he can get on, on a Nintendo, on two Nintendo platforms before he can get on, the supposedly open and free-range PC, you know, market of Steam. I don't understand, like, why that's so difficult. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like Uh, he's never made games before. It's not even like Mutant Muds is an unknown game. It's a critically acclaimed game that has sold well for them. It doesn't, it just doesn't, I don't understand that. Like, that's, I look at something like that, and I'm like, so what the fuck does Greenlink do? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's the and to, to answer the question, I'm looking forward to Shovel Knight. So what was it called? Shovel Knight. Yeah, Shovel Knight. Looks that good. looks good. Yeah. Um, I look, I posted this on my personal Facebook, so this is not gonna mean anything to anyone listening. But um, I'm looking forward to a game called Shelter, and I I came across this. I think I was reading about it on was that, where was I reading about this? 
I don't know if it was a tweet that I saw or I saw it on the indie games weblog, um, which is a good, which is a good, if you're looking for like indie games, some of them are browser based uh, or, you know, some of them are just like free downloads or whatever. Um, it's indiegamescom slash blog. And that's a good source to go to. I mean, a lot of it, you know, you're not going to be interested in, but every now and then you look at something like, damn, that looks pretty cool. I, that's how I found out about dawning. So, um, I forget where I saw it, but it's called shelter. And it's just like, I, I'm loving these indie games that, you know, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any violence involved. It's not pew, pew, pew all the time. And it really challenges that notion that like, well, games have to be about shooting, like Ken Levine said, you know, like, I don't think he said that exactly, but <laughs> they, I have to kill things. He did, he did say, make the argument that like, that's the typical way you interact with games. That's the common thing to do. So that's what we do. And I like these games that challenge that notion. So in this game, like you're a badger, like you're a mama badger and you have to guide your babies to. Uh, I've seen this. I've seen this. And Maybe it's not for me. Did you post it on Twitter? Yes, I did post it on Twitter. All right. And I post it on my personal Facebook. And it's got a really cool video. Like, it's got a really cool art style and just the idea is just really cool that you're this mama badger and you got to lead your babies to safety. I like that. And it's not like, it's not like you know, <laughs> Mario versus Donkey Kong, March of the Minis kind of <laughs> leads to safety, you know? It's a little more, you know, involved in that. And I like, I like that. I, li- I think that's so cool. So. so then the mama badger gets a gun and you just shoot I, all the enemies. She enters rage mode when her rage meter fills up. <laughs> the, the game is highly interactive with QTEs. <laughs> it looked it looked interesting. I like that. No, nah, it does. Um, but we have John. John says, "Do you like Shrek?" Uh, eh. I like the first right. movie, and then they sort of just fuck. Nah, they got stupid. I can take or leave the first movie. Like I can't say I like it, but I mean, well, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have an active dislike for it. But then after that, I just don't care. No, I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was like a clever idea, and then they just sort of. Yeah, that's fair. That's clever. Yeah, I can. The yeah. second one was dumb, and then the third one was just god awful. Well, so. The third one. The third one's so bad. Like that. Right. Was the fourth one too, a, isn't there? I hope not. I think there might be. What's that? Was I think Chris's, there might be a fourth one too. Is the fourth one like put the Puss in Boots movie or something? I don't know. I, there's there's definitely more to that franchise, but I know the third one was like unwatchably bad. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't it. seen any since I think the second one. And I, I just don't I don't actively dislike it, I just don't care. No, there is uh, a fourth one. It's called Shrek Forever After. Dumb. I think. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we're moving on here. We got we got we got All right, fuck we're Shrek, burning daylight, gents. Uh Josh says, What I find to be interesting is that the three DS is getting quite a few special editions. Last year we got the Kingdom Hearts three D Markham Mastery Edition and the Adventure Time special edition. This year we are getting Project Cross Zone. Shimigami Tensei 4, and Shimigami Tensei 4 uh, for the 3DS. Do you know why all of a sudden handhelds are getting the special edition treatment? Maybe after Kingdom Heart 3D's Marco Mastery Edition sold so well, maybe other publishers see an opportunity for profit? Thanks, guys. Um, that might be it. I mean, just maybe because they're, become, they're, they're becoming such common and easy ways for publishers to entice early buyers to actually buy the physical game rather than pirate shit. It, it, it makes sense, um, I think. And since they're so common on consoles... And handhelds are becoming more... Pro- it, to me, like, it's weird how, like, something like the 3DS or the DS is treated like this redheaded stepchild. And and for the record, I'm a redheaded stepchild, so I got nothing against them. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's just so strange that they're treated that way when they're the best-selling systems. It's so... Like, you walk in the GameStop and there's this tiny little, like, like two-shelf nook of, like, 3DS games. But it is the best-selling current generation, eighth-generation system. So weird to me. Between um, it and the Wii U? 
Uh, wait, Vita, Vita. Oh, shit, I forgot about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've always thought it's strange how handhelds were treated, and it's nice to see them treated with a little more, I don't know, respect's kind of a dumb word to talk about video games, but, yeah, you know, something along those lines. So it's kind of cool, and I think that's what it is. It's just sort of like a growth uh, of handheld gaming. It's, it's growing up and publishers are recognizing that. So, and, and Japanese, a lot of Japanese publishers like doing this too, because in the West, they're a little more niche and this entices buyers, entices stupid weeaboo collectors like us to buy them. I think in the, in the case of Shin Megami Tensei 4, it's, uh, it's just the, the, the first run, the first edition is yes. the limited edition, right? But it's so $50. I think it's 50. It's not, it is a $50 3DS game. Yeah, I, I, well, that's also just to get the money like right in there at the beginning before you know you get more customers. Hopefully that way before the price inevitable price drops and then you're mm-hmm. making less profit margin that way. So it's a it's a good way to get suckers to buy the game early instead of going oh wait till it's twenty bucks. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Montana says I know the general feeling was disappointment with Bioshock Infinite with you guys. I understand most of the complaints, even though I personally disagree with them. I think a lot of it is I don't have a personal love for the first Bioshock. I love Rapture and the story premise, but I felt like everything else wasn't good enough to motivate me to finish it. I loved Infinite because it gave me a great story to push forward, uh, but also gave me open spaces to fight enemies in any way I wanted. This also promoted experimentation with combinations of vigors and weapons. I enjoyed hearing an opinion that was different from my own on the subject. It made me think deeper about my own view. In the end, context matters. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. And, and anyone who wants to do that, like, that was a perfectly respectable, um, you know, counter viewpoint to our own. Anyone who wants to do that, feel free. That, that's always welcome. That's great. I completely disagree with Montana wholeheartedly, but that's, that's <laughs> – no, that's, that's always welcome. Please, please. I, please. I completely agree, agree with his, his or her views on, uh, on Bioshock, on the first Bioshock. That's, like, exactly where I am with that game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I figured as much. Yeah, I know that's how you feel about the first one. Africhi says, hey guys, uh, since you often say you like seeing non-gaming questions from time to time, I'm going to go with it. Uh, to Craig, uh, you often mention you're into painting. I wonder how long you've been into painting. I remember the video where you showed It's Dangerous, the, it's dangerous to Go Alone painting, and that was a while back. Um, that was, you know, I got into painting because I was like, I was thinking like, I, I just like doing different things. And I just like, just, I just pick them up and go. The, the YouTube channel was a, a perfect example of that. My first video sucked. I had no idea what I was doing. I just sat down and talked in front of a camera. And um, <laughs> I just like doing that. And that was what painting was for me. I just, I got some canvas and paints and brushes. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this. And I don't know anything about technique. I, I had no idea what I was doing. Zero. I still don't. Um, but my paintings have gotten better. Um, sometimes I, I reach a level, uh, where I think maybe I could sell this for a couple dollars, but, um, y- you know, I'm still learning. Uh, some paintings are definitely better than others. Uh, that it's dangerous to go alone was probably my first painting that I painted in earnest. Uh, you know, before that I was just kind of dicking off and I painted that and I'm like, whoa, this is fucking awesome. I can be a fucking artist. And then several <laughs> paintings I did after that were like not good. I don't even know where they are. They're, they're not good paintings. And, um, so I was about to give up and I started painting this series. Um, I posted some on Twitter and, uh, they're my personal Facebook. It doesn't really help people listeners to this podcast. And, um, uh, it was called, the, the series is called, um, uh, send me all your heroes. And it was actually, I started, I, that was sort of therapy for me after Dana left. 
and um, some of those, I mean, some are better than others, but I'm really proud of that series. Like, some of those came out, like, really good. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast and we're friends on Facebook, like, there's an album, it's called Send Me All Your Heroes, and it's part of a narrative. Like, I wrote this story, this, like, short-form story a while back ago. Actually, that was therapy from another breakup. So I wrote the story from after that breakup, and then it kind of stuck with me. It was, like, it was, you know... Pretty, pretty creative for me. To, I like the story. The writing's kind of bad now, but the, the, the actual premise was pretty cool, and it kind of stuck with me, so um, I expressed the story through painting. And so there's these ten paintings, and they follow the narrative, and I think I did a pretty solid job on that. I think, I think some of those are actually really good, and some of them are just sort of okay. Um, but uh, I, just, I just keep painting and hope I get better and hope I do some good stuff. And I, I think I have, but it, it's not like something where I'm like, I'm, I'm looking stuff up on Wikipedia, let's look up Redbrand today, I don't fucking know and I don't care, I just want to do shit. That's where I'm at with that. And he says, to the rest, have any of you guys tried painting or drawing? I think that's a resounding yes for you, gents. Chris draws, I see him fucking posting shit on Twitter all the time. I don't know about all the time, I, I don't have as much time to draw as I, as I would like, but yeah, I like to draw. That's how I got into, you know, graphic design. You know, I like to draw, and that kind of became an extension of that, is going into an art-related field. Chris has done some cool stuff, too. Like, that, uh, like that, what is that? Is it the Metroid one that I really like that you did? Yeah, I, I was doing a, a few different Metroid ones, and then I just kind of stopped because I, I didn't have time to keep doing them. But, yeah, I did one for, like, Metroid 2 that was black and white, and I did one for Metroid Fusion. Just drawings of Samus that I brought into Photoshop and colored, but I think they came out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. There's one that yeah that I saw that I really liked, and I I forget exactly what it was, but I really, mm-hmm. really like it. Yeah, they're on my Facebook. So if anybody's friends with me on Facebook, they're on there. Um, otherwise, I do have a DeviantArt page, which is um, the same as my Twitter name, Rebinac. So if you want to look on there, you might see them. I I draw. Sometimes it comes out good. Sometimes it comes out okay. Uh, people tell me I'm good at it. I fucking hate drawing though. Like, it's so tedious and slow to me. Like, I'm like, oh, this is looking awesome, but it's taking so much time for me to do this. And I don't know. Like, I can do it, but I hate it. Sometimes I get in the mood to do it, and then I'll, like, do it briefly and then just stop doing it forever. But, ah, whatever. You were doing the uh, the banners when we were doing those, like, quarterly articles, and those yeah. were pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I sort of like doing those because it was only, like, I only have to draw like one thing once every three months, and I don't know, it's not that big of an image. So it was kind of fun. Those were kind of fun. I kind of miss those, actually. We haven't talked about these quarters games yet either. We should probably do that next episode. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Even though we're almost a third, or basically a third of the way through this quarter. Uh, uh, whatever, nothing came out in April. Seth does some funny stuff. Seth is like a really creative, like funny. Like I really respect Seth. Like I rag on him all the time, but I really respect Seth. Like I'm gonna be real right now. Like he would do so much, so many funny things. Like he would do like comics, like that Jamo comic you did. Like no one knows what I'm talking about. That Jamo thing is fucking classic. And and even if you post it, no one would understand it. No. Nope. So good, so funny. He's a, he's, a, he's a legit fun. Seth Seth is the real deal. Uh, personally, I've been drawing close for close to three years now, and I believe I have brought my abilities to uh, quite a good level for that amount of time. Uh, currently, I'm doing a supposed-to-be-daily autobiographical webcomic and pictures for my soon-to-be Let's Play channel, all which can be found on DeviantArt under the, uh, the same nickname I use here, which is A-F-R-Y-C-H-I. Um, a little shameless self-advertising. Well, that's, that's, that's all good. Uh, thanks for the response. I'm loving the podcast. Bye. 
Yeah, this dude, uh, he was one of the guys who won a, a copy of Rhythm Heaven from me, but he lives in Greece, so I wonder if he, like, ever got it. He never mentioned if he did or not. So, Africi, let me know if you got that video game, because I don't even know. Your Greek, <laughs> your, your Greek address was confusing and scary to me. I, I, I know. When I mail stuff out to other countries, I'm like, uh, is this a zip code or what? <laughs> right? I don't know what this is. Like, for his address, it was, like, a T and then an O, and then the O had, like, a little dot in the middle of it, some Greek letter, I don't know, and then, like, some oh numbers after that. I was like, is that, like, a P.O. box over there? But I, I just don't even know. That's, yeah, wow, that's rough. Actually, you know what I'm going to do, come to think of it? Um, this Send Me All Your Heroes album that I was just talking about. I'm actually – that's actually public on my Facebook page. So I'm not going to respond to the request. If I don't know who you are, we're not going to be friends. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Uh, my Facebook page is personal. And everything is locked under uh, under a, a friends-only thing. But I just made that send me all your heroes thing public. So if you come across my profile, Craig Lipinski, uh, um, that, those are pretty much only the photos you can look at. So if you want to take a look at those, have at it, Hoss. Uh, moving on here. Noah says, "Hey guys and Seth, oh, hi. I don't know what kind of what kind of insult are you not a guy? <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't is, know. I mean, is he making an observation like here's guys and Seth who may not be a guy? I'm just I'm just <laughs> calling it like I see it. Or is he like insulting you by saying like, you know, you're a woman and that's a bad thing to be? Um, hmm. I, I don't know where it's going. I don't maybe like his I'm, attitude, Noah. I don't like where you're going with this. Maybe I stick out. Maybe I'm not like one of the guys, or I I don't know." I Noah, think. you're a filthy sexist. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Nintendo always knows how to make my day. I'm getting that Animal Crossing 3DS XL bundle day one, and I thank Nintendo for actually announcing a new XL before it comes out. Yeah, because then they're like, surprise, motherfuckers, here's an XL, and you're never going to get it because they're going to sell out. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I like the Animal Crossing. I wish I held out. Like, I like my Pikachu one, but I wish I held out for, like, that Animal Crossing one. I like that one. Um, I like that Luigi one they announced for Japan, too. We, I don't know if we're getting the... What? All right, to whose cat? That is, I was about to say that Emma's kitten is in heat for the first time. We're waiting to fix her until she went in heat. This is the first time, and now she won't shut up. She is horny as shit. I'm going to launch her out of a cannon into the sun if I didn't love her so much. <laughs> I have not seen this Luigi 3DS XL. Damn, I wish awesome. that was coming here. The Luigi here. one is badass, and someone discovered, like, they're all, like, silhouettes of, like, Luigi, like, tumbling around and stuff. Someone discovered there's actually a Mario silhouette, like, one lone Mario silhouette on the back of it, <laughs> which is really cool. Uh, you know that's badass. Like that, if that were to come out here, I would, I would, I would probably double dip on an XL because I'm a stupid bastard. Um, because I, I think that's really fucking cool. The Animal Crossing one, I think, is ugly. That's not my style. Yeah, I don't like that. I, one. I, I do. I like how simple it is. I like how it comes with Animal Crossing. I'm so bummed. Like the Pikachu one didn't come with anything. What, what the fuck is that? Came with nipples. <laughs> really high up nipples. Right, <laughs> armpit nipples. Well, I think the Animal Crossing one is like twenty dollars more. Yeah, it is. Which, granted, is I mean, isn't you know a ton because the game would be forty, but I think the game's thirty actually. I remember when Nintendo I think you used might to be do right. like, remember when Nintendo used to do like the pack-ins for free? I do, like, I do. Like here's a GameCube that comes with a game, but it's the same price as the GameCube was. Uh, but now they don't do that, and they're digital games. Nobody, so what the fuck? nobody does that anymore, anyway. I mean, even if you buy like a PS3, PS3 has had a ton of different SKUs. I mean, they're not. I'm you know, pretty sure Vita does it because they're desperate, desperate to sell. Like you could find like bundles for cheaper than the standalone that's ones. That's like, <laughs> Do you do you want to play Assassin's Creed on the Vita? I mean, I kind of. Uh, I found I that for know. twenty dollars, I would buy it to be honest. But I'm not chomping at the bit to play that game. 
or champing at the bit. I'm sorry. That's the the correct expression is champing at the bit. Everyone, including me, says chomping. No, not me. I know it's champing. Ha ha ha. That's stupid. Um, (laughs) It's archaic. It is archaic, yeah. It's it archaic except for in that one saying, which is just crazy. I don't yeah, know. yeah, that's the thing. I mean, chomping at the bit, you sound like that makes more sense. Like a horse is all excited, so it's chomping on its bit. So champing, like I don't understand. It's stupid. Um, anyway, we're moving on here. My question is, what do you think of, think about speculation that the new A Link to the Past is more segmented, dungeons that are shorter but more of them? Um, I like my long Zelda games as Twilight Princess is my favorite Zelda and my favorite game, but I don't know how I feel about it. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Plaster. I don't get that. No, I don't get that either. I don't understand the reference. You might have to explain that joke to us, Noah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I might be. I might actually be okay with that. I would be down with like more shorter dungeons. Whatever. I mean, yeah, there's like I a don't... million. There's a million Zelda games. Switch that shit up as much as you want. I don't care. Right. I mean, we've had the we've had the fewer dungeons, the fewer more involved, like Majora's Mask, where it had four dungeons. You know. So going the opposite approach is kind of interesting. If it's balanced out with some really cool, like, you know, overall exploration and stuff, I think. But, I mean, this would go with Nintendo's philosophy of, like, um, designing their handheld games around being on a handheld, like Luigi's Mansion's, like, mission structure and all that. Um, So it might actually go with that philosophy. Uh, But, no, I I might be down for that. I'd like to see that. Yeah, totally. Totally. This cat is killing me. This cat. (laughs) Emma! I'm glad for once it's not Smokey making a racket. I know, it's my fault now. The TV and podcast. The the TV and podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're getting fixed after this, so we've got a couple more days of this. Um, Helsinki Rocks says, Hey, Chiptunes and Seth. I don't even know where the fuck that was. What are your guys' thoughts on Lollipop Chainsaw? I picked it the other day for 20 bucks, and I've been thoroughly enjoying this game in every way. Thanks, winky, open mouth face. Nice. I like it. I, I like Lollipop Chainsaw. There were some points where I thought it was kind of frustrating. Um, but, I mean, I, I overall liked it. It was a good sense of humor. I like the colors and the music, and I like the movesets. But, yeah, there were definitely points where I was not too thrilled with it and i had to set it down and then come back later i think some of like the sports segments if i'm not mistaken and then i think there's like a boss battle where i had to fight like giant chickens or something and that really wasn't <laughs> that hard but it was just pissing me off and uh oh yeah that's it yeah and that on the farm level yeah yeah i mean that wasn't like an end boss it wasn't one of the, like you know the people you had to track down or whatever but yeah those chickens i don't know i don't know why i found that so annoying <laughs> Um, the chickens weren't that bad. No, they weren't. Think, no, they weren't. They weren't. They I, th- I think the move set starts off like too limited. I think you have yes. to like, you like, like pom, buy pom, stuff pom, before like, it gets really. It. Yeah. That's all you can do. Well, once you buy stuff, it, I think it gets a lot more fun. Uh, yep. They killed it with the soundtrack. That shit's perfect. Yep. Any soundtrack uh, that has sleigh bells in it has already won me over. So <laughs> yeah. And like Craig mentioned, there's like just some downer parts. I think a lot of the arcade level I didn't like. Um, mm. Like a lot of parts where you like went into the video games or yes. whatever, yeah. and like especially like the the elevator type levels, not not the one where you're going up the side of the gondola, but the one with a bunch of doors, and then the elevators behind the doors, and then I don't know. But yeah, not a lot of that level I wasn't into, but overall I liked it a lot. I did too. I did. I really enjoyed that game. Um, and that's the last that's the last piece of input we got in the mailbag. So again, teamless.net, hit up the mailbag. Um, people seem to forget. They don't really seem to post until we remind them on Facebook, which is fine. I'll remind people every week. That's totally fine. But any you have all week to drop in on the mailbag and shoot us something if you want. So feel free to do that. <laughs> Jezebel, you are driving me up a wall. 
Uh, is her name Jezebel? Yeah, Je- Jezebel. That's perfect. And the other, and her other cat's name is Svetlana. And so Svetlana has a Hitler mustache. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty good. No, she's pretty she's pretty good. I like I like her cat's names. Um, Dirty Jezebel, <laughs> basically. And Aki keeps trying to climb on her, and of course, she just completely disappears underneath Aki because he's a main coon. He's just massive, gone. No more Jezebel. <laughs> What is going on in your house? He's got... She's in heat. He's a dude. He ain't got no boy parts. He can't do nothing about it. He's really just sexually frustrated. What do you want me to say? <laughs> um, anyway, before Jezebel, has a, before Jezebel has a fit here and just drives her up a wall. Um, that's it. That's it for the podcast. You guys don't have anything you want to add, right? Nope. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, you guys take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Chris. That was me. Yeah. <laughs>